0: Welcome to Talkin' Jets! My name's Ryan and I'll be your pilot tonight. I am joined alongside my co-pilots. I have Mr. Greenbean to my this way. I have Mr. O'Leary to my that way. Greenbean, how are you doing tonight? We missed you last week.
1: Yeah, I missed you guys. I uh, I secretly watched the first five minutes. I was still awake and I just watched. I fell asleep to you guys. I don't know if you, I didn't oh. tell you, but I, I did. I fell asleep. I was like, oh, I was a little, little bit miss you know i was like i was i I actually contemplated calling it like calling in and going just hey i want to hop on anyway but i'm happy to be here with you guys tonight
2: i couldn't wait i love it love having green bean back in the fold matt how you doing tonight i'm doing fantastic we are whole again Uh, all three members of the family are here which is always a great thing and it was a busy day at otas i don't know if you saw it the season was over for about five minutes um so (laughs) that was fun Guys, if you're just hopping in, make sure you hit that like button. For every
0: 25 likes we get on this video, we're gonna pick a T-shirt qualifier at the end of this stream. Greenbean, I want you to know we did not do this last week because I did not have the the wherewithal to think about. You know, it's every 25 likes <laughs> and write down names and everything. I forgot. Uh, I forgot yeah. to do it. Yeah. All so right. We'll, well, I'll do it. How's that sound? Can
1: I? I'll, I'll do it for us. What do you think? Ah, you sacrifice yourself as tribute. I love it. Yeah. I got twenty-eight, so here comes the first one. We're off. All right.
0: <laughs> Boys and girls, we do have a poll question in the chat.
1: Are you concerned about
0: the Rodgers injury? You can vote yes or no? Uh, feels pretty lopsided so far. And I guess we'll just jump right into that conversation. So Aaron Rodgers injures his calf. Does anyone have am I the only one hearing an echo right now? Or is there another echo in here? Do you get a I little bit hear of an, an echo? echo.
2: I don't hear it. I don't but. hear
1: one, but I will say, my winner thing didn't register over there. So I'm gonna do another one. I don't know what's going on. I oh, you know why? Because this Night isn't my channel. Isn't here. And Nightbot's not
0: here. <laughs> we never
2: set it up. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> That's why.
0: Yeah, we dropped the ball. Whoops. So you guys got to comment on the video afterwards, and you'll be qualified for next week's t-shirt giveaway. Uh, and you why know what about? we'll do? We'll, we'll we'll head back over to the comments from last week's video. So if you haven't commented on last week's video, we're going to pick a winner from there this week.
1: Yeah. You want me to collect some names? Good. How about this? Good comments and super chats. I'll collect those. If you're being a butthole, we don't get
2: super chats. Yeah, we don't have Green Bean, no super chats either.
1: All right, then. Good comments (laughs) it is. (laughs) (laughs) It's all so new. This is like we just started. I know,
0: right? I don't know what our view count is but it's got to be getting closer i would think we'll get it by the beginning of the season
3: we're hitting ground yeah, right here sure. oh
0: yeah for sure all right boys this is good. so aaron Rodgers gingerly walking off the practice field today tweaks his calf and all of jets twitter and the fan base had a collective <gasps> hold the breath What's going on? Oh man, my all our Twitter DMs blew up. You're tagged in a zillion different posts and panic set in. So Green Bean, I'll throw it to you first. Where were you? What were you doing when you heard about Aaron
1: Rodgers' injury? And what was your initial reaction? All right. This is exactly what I was doing. Okay. You ready for this? I was um, I was I was in a meeting talking about the census of a particular place that i now am employed and then i saw an alert on my Beanbagger discord it said aaron rogers ankle and i was in the middle of the meeting and i was like like oh no like because i i would generally i'm very good at separating and i was like i kept staring at the screen i pulled my phone and i went like this like you know i still stared at the screen but i held my phone like in front of me just out of the camera view yeah. <laughs> it's like, no it's like, one sees it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I, I took a second and I looked and I just, I did what probably, because I didn't have the time to dig in. I just went, oh. like, no way. Because, you know, remember Dwayne Brown last year, we got him. We were like, this is great because insurance, because the guy's never been injured in 36 years of NFL play. Fucking Pro Bowl play and four days in and he tears his shoulder I was like oh like please you know but I couldn't check in for a couple hours but once I did I looked at the picture you know and it was like his favorite I think it was what was it Rossini right maybe mm-hmm. Rossini, R- R- mm-hmm. what is her name is it Russina? Rossini Rossini Deanna yeah. Rossini yeah right so I was like, all right, well, that picture is not enough. And then there were some more blurbs. I guess people he didn't participate in the rest of OTAs, at least as far as you know, running drills or anything. So I guess there was something to it. But overall, I think this is the type of thing that you start to realize. Like it's great to be in t- you know the intense Jets Nation and Jets media and all this stuff in the off season during the draft and we get all nuts and we argue with each other, but this is the side of it that, that is going to kill me quite frankly. I'm like, I don't, I, I wish they would just, can you give it a second before you put it out there as the world ended? Like maybe get some more of it Aaron Rogers is dead. You know? And it's like, Oh no, I'm just kidding. He's alive. Turns out he was alive after all. So uh, it, it was definitely, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to see that stuff. I hope that's the last one for the whole offseason because I can't handle it. Oh, pure panic. Matt, how
2: did you feel when you saw the report? Yeah. I, so, usually my routine, I, I do a video in the morning. I go to the gym after that, come home, have a shower, and then decide what I'm going to do in the afternoon content wise. So, again, the shower, right out of the, like, no sooner do I step out of the shower, I check my phone because I'm just addicted to the thing. And a tweet notification mm-hmm. from Deanna Rossini. Aaron Rodgers leaves I with the ankle. I'm like, I can't. Even, like, we can't even get in the shower. I'm gonna miss like our season getting derailed because I just got in the shower here by how this tweet w- was worded. Uh, and then all the Jets beat. You know, with with all our prior uh, beef put aside, they did a really good job of kind of pouring water on this fire uh, and talking us off the ledge a little bit because they're like, Yeah, I didn't really notice him. Like, it's not like he was you know, got sniped and was laying there on the, on the field or anything like that. He kind of just walked off on on his own and, you know, kind of started hanging around on the practice field after that, if it was really hurt and it might've been, Oh no, it was cause. I was going to give credit to Samini, but it wasn't him. It was Costello. He said, if it was something really that they were concerned about, they would have brought him inside and he's still standing out on the practice field. So it's like, okay, like we get, we get breathe now. It's fine.
1: Rich Samini said that. Oh no. Costello. Okay.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Stop being so
1: <laughs> panicful, Green Bean. Your knee jerk reactions are killing us. Well, no, I was blown away because because that's a, <laughs> actually a positive. Like Rich Cimini is rarely the the calming voice we need. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I was just blown away. But right, it wasn't him. There you go. I misunderstood.
0: I'm sitting at work. I'm in a meeting as well, and there's only like five of us in this meeting. And I, like, real quietly, I look at my phone, and like, one of my buddies in our group text is like. Sending the, the Twitter updates and I'm like, don't put this evil on me, Ricky Bobby. He goes, it's not me. It's however you pronounce her first name. Nick Diana. H says I pronounced her. Diana. What did I say? Diana? Oops. Who knows? I don't care. <laughs> but yeah, you dude, got, I yeah, panicked. Got, just, just pure like, <laughs> no, we finally have something nice. And it's taken away from us right at the beginning of like everything happening. Um, but luckily, it's all all well and good. Now, I do have a clip from the press conference with Rodgers today, where he talks about injuries in the past and whatnot. So, I want to play that. We'll talk about it on the other side.
1: Course of your career, I think 13 times you've made at least 15 starts. How is that one of the best achievements of your career that you've
3: been that available to your teammates and played through injuries? you have? Yeah, that's that's always been been uh, something that I've tried to pride myself on. Uh, you know, there's, it's it's a different feel, I think, the interaction with the training room over the years. When I first got in the league, there was obviously nowhere near the concussion uh, understanding or treatment or uh, protocol as we have now. There would be times where, you know, guys would maybe get dinged up and go back in. Um, there would be other injuries where guys would just play through it. There was this idea of, like, callous that some coaches still talk about. And we obviously practiced differently. We had double days back then. and with you know some unfortunate things that happened they cut that back to the two and the one um and then obviously it's been much uh curtailed from that point but um but i've always wanted to be on the field and and uh always had a really a good relationship with with the trainers but not good enough on their side where they could tell me when not to play um, because my answer was i'm always gonna gonna try and be on the field and i always felt like if my 80% was better than the guy behind me. Then I should be on the field, and I always thought that that was a good kind of barometer for for every every player. Um, there seems to be, you know, in, in more recent years, some guys looking for uh, to be told not to play. And my stance has always been, I'm going to tell the trainers when I'm going to play.
0: I really liked that clip from Aaron Rodgers. We've had some pretty major injury issues the last five, six years where it seems like we have a massive amount of salary cap space devoted to players on the IR. And my speculation for the last few years has been, well, the Jets aren't quite good enough for these players to put their bodies on the line and risk it in a lost season when their careers are already so short. Now that Aaron Rodgers is here and he's talking about setting a standard about how you practice, how you play, and he says, all right, yeah, if my 80% is better than the guy behind me, I better be on the field. And I think he's setting that standard to the rest of the team. And I think because of that, you'll see guys play through a few more injuries that they otherwise would not have played through. Greenbeam, what were
1: your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers' comments right there? I agree with you, dude. I think that's uh, – I've i got to say, man, like, you know, I I know it's early in our relationship with this man, um, but he says a lot of things that land with me, like just as far as logical kind of um, cut through the baloney responses. And and the, um, you know, the the playing through injury thing, I I think uh, does that as well. It's like you know, um, it's it, it is a different game. Like even hearing him say that in that particular uh, clip there you know, thinking about how, how long he's been in the league, you know, two a days and all that stuff. That's the stuff you hear like Parcells talk about, you know, like back in the olden days. But it's uh, but it's true. It's like he's been through all of this stuff, and he sees like the differences in severity, and he sees how kind of micro-sensitive we are right now. And I think in, in some instances for good reason. You look at some of the scary things that happened, Uh, Even last year with the bills, and I mean, like all these guys falling out on the field, and and you know all these types of things. So there's reason for it. Obviously, the concussion stuff um, with guys like Junior Seau and the like, um, you know, uh, ended up committing suicide. So there's reasons for all this stuff. At the same time, boots on the ground, I could probably play. Yeah, I'm a little banged up, but I could probably play. Like he brings that that old era mentality it's like yeah i am bleeding yeah i have a little a little limp but i'm gonna i'm fine i'll put it on ice after that i have another 12 minutes in the game the guy behind me is is, is not quite up to the speed that i am and i want to win this game and and uh, we're all invested we're getting paid millions guys worked all off season to get here and i'm not i don't have a broken shin bone you know what i mean Like I can play and I, and I like those types of attitudes. And I, and what you just said, Ryan, that it kind of permeates through the team. I think we have some of those high character guys on the team. I'll I'll bring up Garrett Wilson last year in the, uh, in the Cleveland game. I think it was when he jumped in the air, caught the pass and he was kind of horizontal and he got pushed out of bounds and he landed on his back and he rolled around for a second like that kind of, you know, that getting your wind knocked out of you. The trainer ran over, he stood up and waved him off, and he was back on the field in two plays. Like, my first thought was like, oh, this guy's out for fucking four games. You know, that's that's what we've seen in um, in recent years. <laughs> this guy is, so we lost Garrett Wilson. We got a game and a half of him. That's it. And uh, But, like, I think – so we have those guys on the team that are kind of built like that and with a leader like Aaron Rodgers that says things like this and is willing to – you know, last year he played with the broken thumb. and Oh, he's done. He sucks. Hey, he threw for 3,700 yards, 26 touchdowns with a broken thumb. Um, that's the kind of stuff I think this team has been sorely missing over the last years with guys, with leaders like Jamal Adams. What is that? You hear that? I do.
2: Oh, my, my window's open. We got the uh, <laughs> okay. fire alarm going off. Okay. <laughs> There's a fire in Southampton, I My episode, computer
1: I guess. was going to explode, so that's good news. Um I'm like, I'm going to blow up here. You guys, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I think like when you look at, you know, who our leader, who we've been looking to for leadership over the years, uh, it was never going to be that. And I think it's a, it's a, it's a net positive for us overall. Matt, how about you? How are you feeling about that
0: Aaron Rodgers clip and what he said?
2: Yeah, you know, there that's not the only one that jumped out to me today. There's a lot that he's said so far and you know, especially today uh about his leadership and just them being on a different standard now. Like, I'm not saying, you know, play through an injury and and hurt yourself or anything like that, but you're it, it's about holding yourself and holding people accountable, which uh really I think is the the biggest thing that they were were lacking. They didn't really have that beforehand they didn't really have the focus on on the little things and you know if he noticed something was wrong today and said i'm gonna take the day probably smart you know smart it's may it's not you know freaking january in the wild card round or whatever it's it's a may ota practice so um you know he did the right thing i think he handled it well and i'm not you know worried about it going forward
0: yeah, I saw some people talking about um, <clears throat> some other aspects of that interview where he's talking about his relationship with the offense, and it almost feels like he's like a coach, like who's coaching who and whatnot. And they were trying to spin it like this weird way. And I'm like, the guy's been in the system for a bunch of years. Like, if he's not helping guys try to learn the system, that's more of a red flag than him, like, you know, chiming in. I, would, I should have clipped it, but uh, there was a, a snippet of him talking about, you know, hack gives me the the latitude to talk up and speak during practices and meetings and things like that. And he's like, I don't know if this has been a common, you know, thing here, but we want to make sure people have their, their voices heard and we're having these discussions and it's a much more open conversation uh, and it's something that he's done in green Bay for a long time. And I think it's refreshing to have someone that's as seasoned as Rodgers is in the room and, and leading these guys the way he is green bean, anything more that you've seen out of Aaron Rodgers
1: these last like day or two or any, anything you've heard? Well, I gotta say this: um, I was uber impressed with his rushing touchdown. Uh, I think that was yesterday. <laughs> yep. I mean, again, I know it's OTAs and all that stuff, but man, uh, our defense, which is good by the way, uh, is going to be made that much better by playing against a guy that's as wily and experienced and just kind of um, you know professional. Man, this guy knows the position and he can teach them, you know, just, just things like that, like not biting on those types of fakes. Uh, he was probably able to, I didn't see the other angles, like who he was able to freeze if somebody was able to get to him and they jumped or some mm-hmm. shit, like, you know, like when you you pump and you get a guy to freeze mm-hmm. and jump in the air and there's like, not, there's nobody even there. Um, like those types of things. Um, it was just nice to see like Aaron Rodgers is known for his arm and his toughness and all those things, but I think his his football intelligence and what he's going to be able to bring to the team is something again that we've been missing. I mean, we've been hoping young quarterbacks uh, can save us, be our savior, and they're just trying to learn the game while you know eighty thousand maniacs are screaming about their mother. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> they're just trying to figure it out, and uh, and we're like save us, and they don't even know it's but Aaron Rodgers is a different thing, and I think. You know, looking at it from a defensive perspective, they're now playing on a daily basis against a guy that'll make them pay and show them how stupid they're being. And they'll have to keep that focus all, at all times. And I think that's another positive that he brings.
0: Matt, any other thoughts on Aaron Rodgers and some of the comments he made? I, I liked the little okie-dokie did on the uh, the camera guy too because it wasn't even just freezing the defense. It was the, 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 yeah, the uh-huh. pan twice. And I was like,
2: oh, he got that guy twice. Love. yeah he did it was a little a uh, little tomfoolery out there things you things you love to see um, I mentioned it briefly too but uh, just the big thing that stood out to me is while yes he wasn't feeling right to continue to play today I like that he you know didn't go inside that he stayed out there with the team uh, and that they're also focusing on some of the little things because you know, that's going to be the difference on Sundays and for a long time, they've been on the wrong side of that because they don't do the little things. Right. But with a guy like Aaron in here showing them the right way and showing them how to win, I think it's going to be uh, huge for this team.
0: So it's funny. I, I didn't have a, uh, a little cue card, pulled up and i should have done that too but uh zach wilson had himself a little bit of a day if you you saw any bit of twitter it sounded like he was the second coming and you know yeah. we didn't have to worry about aaron Rodgers at all because we got this other quarterback that we drafted to overall everything's all hunky-dory he had a 40 yard completion 40 plus yard completion to alan lazard was it alan or was it garrett wilson lazard or, i think it was wilson wilson excuse me wilson yeah yeah and he apparently like knew ahead of time, like okay, Wilson's gonna be the guy that's gonna be open. He just has to beat his guy, and I've got him one on one. And he looked off the safety, according to Robbie Sabo. So like, kind of nice to see all that. I didn't get to see the actual play. I'm just I'm, I'm relying on Sabo from Jet X Factor to to give me the the play by play analysis that he had, but. um I like what we're seeing out of Zach Wilson. Now we don't have a pass rush or anything like that. That was on seven on seven drills. So no defensive lineman. And Zach has looked good in the past in those uh, non-pass rush situations. So I don't know. What do you think, Matt? We we buying a little too much stock in Zach Wilson right now? Or how are you feeling about what we
2: heard? Um, I'm happy for him. I could say that. It's, um, you know, I think in everyone's best interest, whether you want him on the team or not, uh, to root for his success because one, if he if he's sticking around, him figuring it out would be fantastic. But also him balling out in training camp in the preseason. If you wanted to move him in a trade, maybe you get some sucker GM throw a higher draft pick than expected, you know, and try to say, "Oh, we could salvage him." Arizona, we don't. Kyler Murray's out for god knows how long. Maybe we'll trade a, a you know, whatever pick and uh, bring him in here, and he could start for us at the beginning of the year. But you're right. As you mentioned, it is important to note that there was no pass rush and there were no shoulder pads or and or anything like that. Um, but I am rooting for his success, and I'm glad that he had a good day today and supposedly yesterday too. Salah said it's been a good first couple of days for him, so that's good news. Greenbean, how are you feeling
0: about Zach Wilson and his uh, you know good first few days of camp?
1: Well. I mean, um, it's good. I mean, you know, that's what you want to see. I mean, don't, don't forget, like last year in camp when we were all kind of, uh, you know, we were hoping Zach in year two, we were doing that whole thing, and then he got injured uh, in the first preseason game and all that. Um, we were hoping that the training camp inaccuracy and kind of wildness a lot of days wasn't going to be what he brought to the season. We were like, he was, Hey, it's training camp, it's training camp. So if we're going to do it on one side, you got to do it on the other, right? It's like tempered. I think it's positive. Like, here's the thing like, like Matt said, maybe there's an opportunity to trade him or something like that. I think that's slim, but it, but, but, but that's there. The better he looks, the better any options like that are concerned, right? But I think best case scenario, is what we were all talking about when we were looking at which quarterbacks uh, we hoped the Jets would consider bringing in, whether it was Jimmy G or Ryan Tannehill or Brissett or any of these guys, or Derek Carr, any of the guys that we wanted to bring in. Aaron Rodgers uh, being top of the heap, but another like a, a sidebar of Aaron Rodgers coming here was that he would be here for a short period of time. Uh, Zach and Aaron Rodgers are known to have gotten closer over you know over the past two years It's Zach's idol. So there's a lot of positives there that could kind of pay off in the future, which is that Zach, you know, we get that reset. We get a new offensive staff in here. He doesn't have the stress of being you know uh placed with the whole you know, the whole team placed on his shoulders and and uh, and he can kind of learn. So I mean, best case scenario is Aaron Rodgers plays here for you know, two or three years. We win some, you know, some championships. We change the organization, and Zach is ready to be the Zach that we drafted at, at number two overall. So I think the more good reports, the better. That said, the fact that Jets Forever is in the chat saying it was an extraordinary throw, which means extraordinary. That's the way that word breaks down. The fact that we're calling an OTA pass extraordinary shows how bad he's been. Because it's just the past. It's just an NFL quarterback throwing the ball to a fucking wide receiver with shorts on. So it's you know we keep it all in perspective. But I would much rather be hearing that Zach looks sharp right now, and that it looks like hanging out with Aaron Rodgers is is helping him than the opposite. I think it's a positive. I want to hear good things uh, about Zach Wilson because it would be. A great turn of events, man, that the Jets, being one of the only teams in in NFL history, to have an entrenched starter, benched, replaced, retained, and then come back in after a redevelopment to start and succeed. I don't know if it's ever happened before. I, I mean, maybe somebody knows of a time, but generally speaking, what happens when an NFL team brings in a new starter they get rid of the previous starter. And there are obvious reasons to do so. Uh, I don't recall off the top of my head something like this happening. So if it did work, that would be something uh, cutting edge. Maybe uh, we'd start a trend. Who knows? But I think, uh, again, best case scenario is Zach actually does look good and does uh, turn a corner being behind Aaron Rodgers. So I think uh, day two is the best we could hear. Boys and girls, if you're just hopping in, make
0: sure you hit that like button. We've only got 66 likes. We got 169 of you hanging nice. out with us here today. I love being over, see being over on the new channel. It's it's interesting seeing the the f- We always recognize the names that pop in, but like these are the diehards that are with us yeah. right now cuz there's not a whole lot going on in the the jet offseason. This isn't like some crazy hype train. It's no no no, this is these are like the guys <laughs> and girls that are hanging out with us in the chat, so
1: it's greatly appreciated. Yeah. Like B2B's here, Harlan's here, Dark Soldier, right? All these guys. This is great. Dom C's the the in there. See yep. Dom. Yeah,
3: there there's oh, Dom.
1: Snoop's here. Was it Snoopy? It was you wearing the the shirt, right? Wasn't it Snoopy? It, I believe Where? it was. We've got so we've got
0: a few people that tagged us in the shirt. If you if you've gotten one of our shirts either by winning or by purchasing a shirt and you want to get on our closing like outro. Uh, what we're going to do when we get closer to the, the end of the season, we'll have our, our outro, but we'll flick through pictures of people like in the shirt and stuff that are supporting the channel. So always, uh, always appreciate it. If you send it our way, it's always cool to see something that we worked hard on. (laughs) Yeah, People enjoy, um, Jason hops in. He says, unless Aaron is carded off, I'm okay. We have been through this way too many times before. No more jets negativity. Jason says, positive vibes only. That's what I'm hearing. It's a long way to say that. Jason, like what's up, Jason Edwards? Good to see you, buddy. Eric says, I would be surprised if Rogers is physically active for the rest of remaining voluntary workouts. I could see that too. It's also like a, a little bit of time. I think it's like the next three weeks or so Is these are these OTA practices. And then I think it's June 13th through 15th is the voluntary stuff before we get that six-week layoff before training camp. Yeah. Um, I could see Rogers not participating as much and just being kind of like a, a player coach on the sideline. And I don't have any problem with that. Matt, any issues
2: if Rogers does not participate in any of the voluntary stuff? I think he's going to come out tomorrow, give the double bird, do a backflip and then take the first snap on center. Just a nice F you and be like, I'm fine. Watch me. I'm 40. I, you gotta, you know, you gotta watch yourself. You're a little banged up. Now you're going to get hurt. No, sir, I'm going to go out there and prove that I'm just fine. Uh, but in all seriousness, if they did that, you could put him in shrink reptile training camp. That's fine. Get, get him in one of those like exo
0: suits. <laughs> Don't allow him to like hurt any part of his body. Greenbean, any any uh, any thoughts about Rogers possibly not participating in the rest of voluntary workouts right now.
1: Um. I don't know. I, I think I'm with Matt. Like, you know, he's going to, you know, if, if he, if he's like really like, Hey dude, I'm tweaked. Like there's no reason to, um, you know, aggravate this thing then maybe, but I'm leaning toward, he's probably fine. And he's going to want to show the world like, you know, cause like, you know, it, man, if he misses a few days, if he's got that choice, missing a few days, the, the media here is going to feast. And then that's going to do, and the national media is going to pick it up and it's the whole thing. We're going to be on Twitter defending ourselves in a matter of seconds uh, about the big move that we made that, you know, we're going to ruin Rogers and Jets, Jets, the, you know what I mean? It's going to be bad luck, Jets, or all that stuff. So I think he would come out and just, even if just to quiet everybody, if he's okay, he'll be there. Uh, Snoopy
0: threw me off for a second. He goes, I want Matt. Ryan. Ryan. Or Wentz. I thought he was going to say, or Greenbean. And I was like, that's how I was reading that. I was like, oh, Matt, Ryan, or, and then he's talking about as a backup. And I was like, ah, that's not where I thought this was going. Um, I don't want either of those guys. I want Zach to be backup, and I want him to not have to take a snap all season. Matt, your thoughts?
2: Yeah, Matt Ryan's, didn't he just sign a deal with CBS? I I, I think he's going to do that now at at this point. Uh, I know, theoretically, yes, he could come back, but eh, I don't know how much that really does. And, And Carson Wentz, I I don't know what happened there. I, I thought one of the more promising quarterbacks for a while, uh, then the injury started to really come in and it, it just, it, it seems like it's almost gotten toxic uh, wherever he goes. So I think I'm out on it. Green bean, what about you? What do you think about the
1: backup situation? Carson Wentz or Matt Ryan or Greenbean? Um Not oh me. <laughs> Uh, well, I think, you know, like I, we talked about it all off season. I think um, I was a big fan of Zach being number three, right? I wanted to ensure that he didn't feel any stress of, uh, you know, the idea of that, you know, that he would have to come in or anything like that. Um, so we're seeing how it goes in OTAs and training camp and all that. If Zach is looking good and confident and, and all that, I think he's fine as a number two. But if not, if he's showing any signs of being shaky or second guessing and and all that, I think uh, it would be a good idea to bring a vet in. Carson Wentz, uh, he had a really rough year last year. But let's not forget the guy's on his third team in three years. I mean, two years ago for the Colts, he had like twenty seven touchdowns and and twelve picks, something like that. It was, I mean, he's just such a butthole that they still didn't want him. You know, whatever the team hated him or whatever it might be. But he's not a bad quarterback. If you're looking at a number two kind of guy, just somebody that, you know, if Aaron Rodgers goes down, can come in and play football at an NFL level, uh, I think it would be a smart move. I mean, Joe Douglas came out uh, recently talking about the mistake of not having more of an infrastructure, you know, particularly a vet quarterback that can play when Zach was just getting started here. Uh, I think, you know, maybe they learned their lesson and they have their eye on that. And if they see Zach shaking at all, I think it'd be smart uh, to ensure that this season doesn't go down the toilet um, with a guy who's running backwards 15 yards uh, instead of just throwing the ball to his wide open running back who's standing in front of him screaming. Uh, you know, so I, I don't know. I think it would be a good idea uh, depending on the situation. Uh, Lise
0: Niedermayer. Uh, says for me, I feel better watching that Ascension video again. It rocks, and I love it. Uh, yeah, that was really friggin' cool. Uh, green bean, I'm sorry they did you dirty. They didn't didn't throw you in there. O'Leary and I got like our our five seconds of fame. <laughs> yeah, it was so cool Matt, to see it pop green. up. Oh, dude, we, I, I'm sitting there watching it with Beck. I was like, oh, this is so cool. We're gonna be able to watch like all, how the Aaron Rodgers stuff went down. And I saw Richie pop up, and I was like, oh. I was like, oh, Richie's in there. I was like, I wonder who else is going to be in there. I was like, oh, man, it's me. Oh, man. And then I see Ian pop up. And then I see Matt pop up. I, like,
1: oh, I can't wait to see Green Bean. And
0: they just, they were like, I don't know, this, this beanbagger guy. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Well, look, in their defense, let me just, let me, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll tell you what, I have mixed feelings, right? I'm incredibly excited. Like, I was delighted to see you guys on there. Truly. I was like, "Yeah, like pumped," and then I wasn't there, so I'm a little disappointed, of course, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, but the truth is, they would have had to really try hard to make my because my Aaron Rodgers comment wasn't the same as yours. Um, <laughs> I was in the middle of cleaning chicken shit and all that sort of. I made a short, and I said, "Well, the trade happened," and then I "I think I said, anybody want any eggs?" Like, that's what I said. <laughs> so like what are they supposed to do with that? You know what uh, I mean? I get it. I remember I was going to make a video. There was so much out there. I just, I just left it. You know what I mean? I was like, all right, it's, it's like madness. I just made my little short and then I, and then I went back to the chickens and then, uh, anyway, so I, I do understand they, they, they would have had to really dress me up. There was a lot, a lot of better reactions. Yours, both are included so I I get it I'm okay I think we need to remake
0: that portion of that video and include green beans <laughs> section yeah. where he says you want eggs <laughs> <laughs> he
3: just totally
0: eggs. <laughs> so, oh yeah Aaron Rodgers got
2: traded <laughs> Matt yeah, what were your we thoughts when that. you
0: watched ascension
2: <laughs> yeah it was the, literally the uh Leonardo DiCaprio meme where you're like pointing at the tv it's like oh hey hey I know that guy um, it, it was cool. They have done a really good job uh, of including uh, I know, unfortunately, Green Bean got left off, but um, of, of including fan creators and stuff like that. So uh, the struggle uh, to to give them some leeway here, there's a there's a lot of us out there, so it's not easy to mm-hmm. include everybody, um, but it's nice. It's very humbling. Uh, they they've used my stuff a couple of times and every time it brings a smile to my face. Yeah, it gets exciting. Like
0: when yeah. that sort of stuff happens and I, I see Adam S drops in, he says, did Flight uh, h- get your permission, Matt and Ryan, to use your video clips? Just curious. Um, nope. And that's okay. Cause I've totally used their clips without any kind of permission and I have no issues whatsoever. I think it's really cool just to see myself over there. 1,000%.
2: <laughs> yes. The uh, I have gotten content from them. They could take my content and put it on their own stuff. That is more than okay. Fair trade. 100%. Right. I'm with that. Totally.
0: Um, I see Red John and Zachary both have some good questions in the chat. So, guys, I will get to those in a little bit, but I want to discuss a little bit about uh, Makai Becton. We got a little bit of drama going on on the offensive line. Makai Becton blames the coaches last year for putting him on the right-hand side and ultimately him getting injured when he was complaining about – uh, soreness or some kind of pain in his right knee and because he was moved to the right hand side when he drops back in pass blocking sets he puts more pressure on that right knee uh, so I guess Greenbean I'll throw it to you first what are your thoughts on Makai Becton's comments and, and how much maybe concern or blame or whatever do you put into the coaches maybe not listening to Becton
1: uh, well I think two two sides to it right number one I think he's got a point, you know what I mean? Like, you know, if he was, he's coming off an injury to his right, to his right knee, there is a, an argument to be made that the jets mismanaged that initial injury. Remember we heard six to eight weeks and then it was 12 weeks. And then, you know, maybe he'll make it back for the last three games. And then we talked, if there's only a two games left, you should just let him stay. Remember we, we did that all season in 2021. Uh, wondering what was going on with Beckton. So, there's an argument to be made that they mismanaged it even from that level, even if it's just the PR or whatever. There was something awry there, right? So, he comes back. He's big and fat, wearing a smock that says Big Bust, right? He's 395 pounds or whatever he is, but he loses 100 pounds in four days. And then he comes back and he looks all good, takes pictures with the dentist. Remember, all this, this is the whole lineage here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he – but they put him on the right side. Remember, there was – we 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 thought there was going to be a battle at left tackle. You know, Fant and Becton, you know, that they, they might take a few weeks. It was day one of training camp. Robert Sala came out and said, George Fant is left and Mekhi Becton is right. That's that. Um, and we said, okay, well, I guess that gives Becton more time on the right side. And But if he's telling the coaches, like, look, dude, my knee doesn't feel right on the right side. And we don't know specifically what happened or whatever – i'll buy it i'll i'll buy that he didn't want to be over there and i'll buy that he voiced it he doesn't seem like somebody who shuts his fucking mouth for more than 30 seconds so um he seems like somebody who would say something and remember the day that it happened if you guys remember correctly he went down he got up he he was able to walk off and go into the go into the building and everything. but robert sala came out and said we're not worried about it it's not a remember that he said "It's, eh, it's not a big deal we're not too concerned so if that's the overall mentality that they were giving him like ah just be quiet and do what we tell you uh so to speak maybe there is something to it you know like so that's that side of it and and I would be upset too you know it's like hey man my 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 right knee is a mess you got me on the right side I'm putting more pressure on it than I'm used to it's a new position um and and it doesn't feel right can we can we take a look at this and they're saying hey just shut up and stop complaining so to speak and then that happens, I'd be bent out of shape too, right? That said, I really wish he would shut up. You know what I mean? Like, can you just talk, keep that stuff in house? You know what I mean? Like, there's Mm -hmm. some positive stuff. It's like it's a holdover from, like, the Elijah Moore kind of, um, you know, Mm -hmm. obviously back Like, there's just a couple voices that just seemingly just, like, Ty Johnson comes out and wah, 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 and he's a holdover from the previous regime. It's like that early you know, Adam Gase kind of era stuff kind of leave, you know, bleeding over. And I just wish like that, the you know, Ty Johnson is one thing, but like Becton, I wish you would pick up on what's going on around here and, and everything's changed. Like nobody's talking like that. Everybody's trying to put, put positivity out there. And he's still stuck in this thing. Now he's just turned 24. He's young and all that. And if he's mad, he's mad. And if he's upset now and they're putting him back at right tackle because old man Brown is over there at the left, uh, he's trying to get his point across, just like we said with the Quinn and Williams stuff, with the negotiation. We'll talk about that later, I'm sure. But like that's kind of how it's done these days. These guys are social media guys. They're out there. They have their own brands. They have their own names. They have their social media. They, that's what they do. It's it, it's how they get their voice out there. So there's a there's a lot to it. But again, ultimately, I just wish he would be quiet and keep it in-house and talk to the coaches. But if he is and he's not getting what he kind of feels he needs, then this might be a way that um, that a lot of people would explore. So I hate the fact that it's happening. I, I do. I would love to just buy into the positive idea that the Jets are on a mission uh, and and do that. But I can't say I don't understand uh, giving the limited information I do have. I, I would be probably pretty bent out of shape as well. Yeah, I get the feeling that uh, like every
0: time that makai Becton talks or sends out a tweet, I just kind of cringe or I'm like, ah, man, that's like not really what I wanted to hear or not what I want to see. Like, hey, Makai Becton, you want to blame the coaches for putting a lot of pressure on that right knee. Maybe 400 pounds put a lot of fucking pressure on that knee. Like, I don't know what to Maybe. tell you, dude like get yourself in shape don't skip leg day and and you know show out there now of course i i do think there should be a level of concern when you hear you know ty johnson say something and you hear makai becton say something about the injury stuff and that's that's a little bit concerning uh overall but i do get this feeling and and i think becton said something along the lines (laughs) of like uh the doubters or something like that won't be here or whatever or or He wants to not even just prove him wrong, but you better not be here when I show you like what's actually going to happen. And I sort of took that as like, is he like referring to the Jets or like the team in any capacity? Like we're just sticking him on the right hand side, but he believes he's a left hand tackle. If he proves he's a left hand tackle, does he even want to be here at that point? Um, especially because if he has a good year, I can't see any way the Jets are going to pay him other than the franchise tag or a transition tag. Either one, it's going to be like a one-year contract. Matt, what were your thoughts on the Makai Becton stuff and, and some of the comments he's made? Yeah,
2: I mean, you got to stop going to Green Bean first. He took all my good ideas <laughs> that I don't I want to talk about. He was,
0: oh, that's all right. Muted. We could
1: just keep him on this. He has no idea. He's muted. Oh...
2: There he goes. I was not
1: saying this. I say, Matt, you know what's funny? While I was talking, I I heard I was like, all right, all right, stop, Do, don't go down that direction. That Matt probably wants to say that. I was actually having that inner dialogue. Well, I'm so, so yeah. You got to go to Matt first, man. I'm the worst.
2: Clearly, it's okay. It's okay. I, I'm teasing Green Bean, but he's one hundred percent right because I think there are instances with this scenario where both sides play a factor in in being wrong from the. From the Jets' point of view, if his knee was bothering him and is and he told the team that the knee was bothering him, then he probably should not have been on the field. It shouldn't be, you know, suck it up and get out there. It should be like, let's check this out and make sure you don't get hurt worse because, one, he was hurt all the year prior, and two, they've had a bad issue diagnosing injuries, not only with him, but just in years gone by. That's been an issue from them. Now, from his perspective... I don't like that he went. Sorry, well, I clicked the button. <laughs> I don't like that he went. Uh, that was great. I don't like that he went public uh, over it. I wish that was something that they'd be have been able to handle in house. Like, I totally understand his frustration with it. I really do, but I just, I don't know. I didn't like how he he went to like Newsday and had like his tell all. Um, I kind part of me wishes he would just kind of. You know, take the lumps for the last couple of years, go out. We we see you're in great shape. Go out there, earn the job, and quiet the doubters with your with your play. I think he's talented enough to do it. I do think he has a chance to win the left tackle job. But like Salah said today, the five best offensive linemen are gonna play. And if that's the case, he's probably gonna have to play right tackle. So I don't you know, I don't know what we're doing. Is he gonna refuse to play right tackle if that's what happens, if Dwayne Brown wins the job? I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's a weird sort of situation. Like when I did my reaction video to, to this topic, I was kind of thinking like, oh, you know, I would love for Mekhi Becton to earn the left tackle spot because then you have Brown as the backup left tackle. And then you, you know, you figure out right tackle is right tackle going to be Max Mitchell. Is it going to be Billy Turner? Is it going to be AVT something on that side? But like I want nothing more than than Becton to come out and look like, you know, what we were hoping to get out of him year two. Greenbean. Any thoughts on how this offensive line could look?
1: Well, you know, it's funny um, that, like, what Matt was just saying about, like, you know, what Sal said, the best five offensive linemen are going to play. And if that means right tackle for you, that means right tackle. Like, if we put you back to that left tackle, that means we have right tackle, you know, with Max Mitchell and um, uh, Billy Turner, it's not quite as strong. So we want to do this. And if he says no, you know what does that mean for this guy like you know you gotta sit with and say dude all right look you've been out of the league for two years with fatness and injury issues right this is your chance to get are you gonna forego another year and still think that people are gonna value you like you're gonna be playing for vet minimum you know teams are gonna for third strength second like you're gonna have to do this no matter where you go like if you want to play right. Tackles yours. If you don't want it, sit down and we're not trading you. We're not going to trade you for a sixth round pick or something like that. Um, just sit down. So like, there's going to have to be that kind of, you know, that willingness and that will first that conversation with him, like, Hey dude, you know, we have left tackle is strong, right. Tackles a little bit weaker. Um, and this is just hypothetically, of course. Uh, but we want you to play over there. You can start at right tackle. And if something happens at left tackle, who knows, maybe you can move over there in the middle of the season and something happens. But like this is your opportunity to play and prove the doubters wrong. You're a team guy and that you're still good and that you're can stay healthy. Sitting on the bench proves nothing to anyone. They're all going to still be concerned that you're an, you're an injury waiting to happen. Um and he's going to have to come to grips with that. I mean, he's, you know, he's under contract, man. And the coaches have say over what goes on. It's that simple. You know, I am a left tackle. Yeah. That's on Twitter. You are right now. We have right tackle open for you. Do you want it or not? And that's kind of the way it's probably going to have to be. Um, you know, I think it's nice to see him hungry. It's nice to see him in shape and working his ass off and, and, and all those things are positives, but I think he's got to get a little bit of an attitude adjustment right about now. Um, to what, you know, what's available to a guy who's missed the last two full seasons? You don't get to come in and make demands at, in that scenario. And I don't, I don't know who's advising them, but they should have a talk over over dinner with them and say, Hey, buddy, you need to calm down. Yeah. You're saying uh, after one week, I'll be back on the left hand side, things of that
0: nature. Hey, I, I love the, uh confidence i love the the shape he's in uh, you saw the the video or the the picture still frame of him like running at training camp or at otas what yesterday 2 days ago the guy looks like i don't know what weight he could possibly be 340 or something like that like he yep. looks a lot slimmer than he did the same time last year like last year he looked lethargic uh and i think him being at the facility as opposed to being either home or in a different area, not around the team. I think this is a big, big thing for him. And I don't want to, you know, discount him being away from the team last year because he was having his his first kid. So that that's obviously an important part of the, you know, life. But I think being around the facility and like, or I think him not being around the facility last year and then having the injury and being told you're getting put out the, the right hand side, I feel like he almost feels like an outsider with this regime because the last time he started for us, he was the starting left tackle. He's never lost his job due to poor play. He lost it because he got injured initially and never got another shot to get it back. Um, so I, I don't know, Matt, how are you feeling about Becton and maybe never having that opportunity to really show that he's a left tackle for this coaching staff?
2: Yeah, I mean the the injuries definitely play a big factor in it. He was going to be in twenty twenty one and then got hurt, and then George Fant had an incredible year, so it was going to be very difficult for him to get that left tackle job back. I think Fant playing as well as what he did in twenty twenty one definitely hurt Mackay's stock of getting that, you know, jo- that job back. And um, I-, I don't blame him for missing OTAs when his, you know, when his when his child was going to be born, that was, you know, something that he obviously should have been there for. Um I I just think it's now after the fact, the hesitancy, that might even be putting it nicely, to play right tackle, which is just a little bit bizarre to me. Greenbean, any thoughts on
0: Beckton maybe never having the shot to prove that he's a left tackle for this regime?
1: I think it's possible. You know, you know. I got into a conversation with uh, with a, a chat one night, and lots of people were telling me that uh, the idea that the Jets are going to allow Brown, who's making eleven point two, I think it is this year, million dollars, hmm. um, you know, the fact that they would, I mean, the idea that they would let him be an, a backup is just not reality because of the contract, because of the salary that he makes. And I have to say, I disagree with that. I think that it's likely that he's our left tackle. Likely, it's as probably his last year. He's a he's a vet. He played through a torn what was it? A torn rotator cuff or something? Mm-hmm. Torn pec something last year. He played through injury uh, for the team last year. He's kind of an Iron Man esque type of guy. He's a warrior, you know. And he and he had mm-hmm. some he had some good games too, uh, even though he was a, a bit spotty for us. So it's likely that he starts, but the idea that because he makes $11 million, Beckton's making $10 million. So it doesn't make sense to me that he can't be the backup. If Beckton comes out in training camp and he's like positively rolling dudes, he's snarling. Like the report that I got um, a couple weeks ago that he's quite literally, <laughs> not literally figuratively foaming at the mouth, you know, um, you know, I, it's like if he comes out there and he maintains that attitude, like I'm not here to uh, I'm I'm not here to please any one of you. I don't care about this. I don't I'm just here to show the world that I'm the best damn left tackle on this team. And if he does that and he's throwing dudes around, pushing them off the freaking field and they don't start him, then I think there's something wrong. You know what I mean? Like if if he's the best left tackle I think that he should start, and I think that he will start. And then you got to look over at the right side, the Max Mitchells, the uh, you know the Billy Turners, and maybe even the Carter Warrens of the world. Uh, can can have that competition on the right side and you know look people get so weird like oh my god you don't want a fourth round pick dude we have been drafting and the whole nfl by the way have been drafting fourth fifth sixth round linemen and taking them right from the draft and sticking them in the starting lineup since the beginning of time as far as nfl and it we've done it many years in just off the top of my head fabini Slauson, all that we dressed, Slauson was a sixth, Fabini was a fourth. You take these guys, you stick them in, you weather a few bumps and bruises, and they're more than adequate to start. That's where you find the meat of your offensive line a lot of the time. So I think, you know, guys like a Max Mitchell might be perfectly fine over there, man. That, that might be the next Jason Fabini uh, on the right side. So um, I just think the idea that the best guys will play should really be true. And if Becton is the left, um, the best left tackle, no matter the contract, I think he should start over there. And I don't think I'm not one who thinks that the contract prohibits you from having that type of a conversation and making that type of a move. And I know a lot of Jets fans do feel that way, but I don't. I think the best guy will play. So what's interesting is
0: there is a parallel here uh, to the Mackay Becton Dwayne Brown contract. Situation and could the contract impede Becton from playing? And I agree with Green Bean. I don't think it's going to play a factor if Becton shows to be the best left tackle. Uh, And that is Robert Sala was on staff in Seattle when Flynn was the quarterback with the big contract and they drafted Russell Wilson in the third round. They decided to start Russell Wilson instead of uh, Matt Flynn at the time. So I, I don't think contract is going to impede performance if the performance is better. Uh, now they might deem like hey brown at this stage of his career is better at left tackle and becton at right tackle because the drop off from becton at right tackle versus the increase from Beckton at left tackle you know hey that might be a conversation you have to have and you say hey yeah. becton you're gonna be on the left hand side next year but for right now this is what it looks like but also let's let's think about brown coming in here he wasn't signed necessarily to be the left tackle i mean he was brought in once beckton went down like we we had him for the green and white scrimmage he was visiting the jets at that point in time the beginning part of august or so and then beckton went down like within the next few days after that and that's when brown got the the elevated contract because we had our back against the wall so beckton has never lost his job to Dwayne brown before he lost it to fant who proved it on the field now i'm not saying that brown didn't prove it last year but I think there's at least something to be said for for having that open competition, at least a start uh, of training camp. Matt, any thoughts on the uh, the Becton stuff?
2: Yeah, just final thoughts for me is, it, like Salah said, the best five will play. And if Becton truly beats out Dwayne Brown for that left tackle job, then I think he will have earned it. And uh, I think he'll get that opportunity if it does happen in camp.
0: I saw Red John come in with a comment before, so I want to throw this up on the screen. He says, how many teams do you guys think have a better receiving group than the New York Jets? So when I'm thinking around the league, the Bengals have a really good one. The Chargers have a good one. The the Bears now do have a pretty good receiving core with uh, Claypool and... Who the heck did they add? Didn't they draft someone and they also signed someone else? They got like three new receivers within like since the trade deadline. Um, Let's see.
2: I'm trying to look Whoever for gets DeAndre
0: Hopkins, that could be an interesting situation. The Raiders have a pretty good receiving core with Renfro and Devonte Adams over there. And they got, uh they, they got what's his face from. Oh, they from, got DJ uh,
1: Moore. They got DJ Moore. That's who they got. That's who we're Nah, uh, the Bears. You're talking. Yeah, yeah that's, and, that's the other. Yeah, history. yeah, yeah. Right. But
0: then who's the receiver from New England that went to the Raiders? The Raiders have a pretty decent Kobe receiver. Myers. Yeah, Myers. Myers. There's a few. Miami is a good good option with Tyree Kill and Waddle. I would say, I don't know. I like the depth of our wide receiver room. I think there's other receiver groups that I might say like, okay, if those two guys are on the field, they're going to be very, very difficult to guard against. And I think for me, I don't know if Lazard is quite on that level the same way that I worry about Hill and Waddle, but our defense is so good that I don't, I don't want to say I don't worry about them, but I have less concern about them. Like I think there's going to be less teams that can take on our offense, than we'll have difficulty with other teams' wide receivers. If that makes sense, uh, Matt, what are your thoughts on the receiver groups from around the league and, and what other teams might have a better um, receiving group? Philly comes to mind
2: Philly Seattle with Lockett Mm. Metcalf and uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba I think the Jets are roughly middle of the pack which is Mm. fine Um, you know when you're you're looking in your division Miami's the best by far Buffalo and the Jets I would say is comparable and then New England's a little bit behind Um, Mm. Cincinnati obviously has a great one there are There are definitely, I wouldn't say like this is some dominant strength, but the Jets don't have a garbage wide receiver room. I think it's about league average. So somewhere around 15, something like that. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably fair. And I don't necessarily think you need, like, would it be nice? Sure. To have a top five receiver room, of course. But uh, I I think league average is really what they need because they're going to want to run the football a lot and they have tight ends that they could utilize as well too.
0: Greenby, what are your thoughts on the Jets receiving core
1: and, and maybe some of the receiving cores from around the league? Well, I think we'll be better when we trade Corey Davis for DeAndre Hopkins. That's going to be interesting. Um, that'll be fun when we do that. So that'll, that'll do you think the Hopkins happy. thing happens? I don't know. You think we're getting it? Why, why, why not talk about it? We're talking about Aaron Rodgers' freaking calf for an hour. <laughs> It'd be why cool. Not? I mean –
0: I saw – I don't know if it was Blewett. I could be wrong. Blewett had something he, – he mentioned something along the lines of the Jets having like $18 million in salary cap space and yeah. like that June 1st deadline kind of coming up on on DeAndre Hopkins and where he might wind up because he, he doesn't want – not that he doesn't want to play for Arizona, but because Kyler's out, it doesn't make sense for him to waste a season when he doesn't have that many left. Um, and he doesn't really want to give up his contract because he's earned that contract and he wants to play for the $19 million that would be – on said contract. And I saw a rumor that like, he's looking at Buffalo. He's looking at new England and like, Oh, you know, Josh Allen's a top five quarterback. And it's like, is he just not saying the jets to like, make us all want him more. <laughs> like it's, it's, like a little bit of reverse psychology here.
1: Well, you, you know, he, he put out that top five of the quarterbacks, you know, the it's uh Josh Allen, Jalen hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and Justin Herbert. Um, mm. you know, uh, good group. I would say sure. mm-hmm. slightly slightly above average group, um, but uh, I mean he said that. Remember, what a month or whatever ago, they asked him about certain teams without saying words. And when he came to the Jets, he kind of gave that "I don't want to play for him" look. That was mm-hmm. before we had Aaron Rodgers, so I think that Aaron Rodgers might be on that list, um, except that he very recently said that he doesn't want to play for the Jets, so he can't possibly, you know, whatever. I think if the Jets traded for him, he'd be he would do it. He would go where he has to go, right? And don't forget too, like if the Jets did, I mean, it's of course hypothetical, right? We're just going down a rabbit hole here. But if we traded Corey Davis as an example for Bernard, Hobbs, <laughs> I do that all the time, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, if we did that, that's eleven point whatever million dollars off of our salary cap as well. So then we get D Hop for essentially eight million. Now, and we still have 10 million in salary cap space uh, to mess around with Rodgers or put it toward Quinnen or whoever else. It could be an interesting move to make. Uh, that all said, it's, so it's not as prohibitive as maybe it feels like adding 19 million dollars uh, to the to the to our current cap. It's not quite a it's not that it's not doesn't really look like that. So when you look at our wide receiver core compared to some others. I mean, the the one that pops up to me uh Red John is obviously the the um the Bengals. I mean the Bengals wide receiving I mean dude the their top three is 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 Studley. I mean with Higgins obviously Jamar Chase and then it did Boyd stay there? Did 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 Boyd leave? Did anybody leave? I don't think anybody left. No, there. I think did they're all be... still there, right? Yeah. I mean Pretty think sure. about it. So those guys are going into year three uh or year four with um with Burrow, you know, uh or you know so I mean, Chase is going into year three, but but that group's been together. I mean, they're cohesive. They're about as good as it gets, in my opinion, uh, right now. Especially when Joe Burrow's as good as he is on top of it. Uh, so that they stick out to me as a much better uh, wide receiver core than we have. But ours is good. I think what Matt said around you know top fifteen esque, you know, um, you know, Lazard I think is better than given credit for. You know, mm-hmm. I I spent some time this offseason really looking at at his uh, highlights of last year he was their number one wide receiver last year kind of as a default uh, Aaron Rodgers already has a chemistry with him they've worked together the whole time he's been Aaron Rodgers has been with him since he's a rookie right so they've been together you know L- Lazard's whole career and yet then you add the back end like the cobs and then you just look at the middle you know with Garrett Wilson McCall Hardman and and even Mims I'm gonna throw him in there until I can't anymore okay um it's a very solid, and Corey Davis, it's a solid, very solid potential upside, you know, hidden upside group. You know, Denzel Mims and Corey Davis, we've seen them with Zach Wilson. And then, you know, obviously Mims with Sam Darnold and Flacco and Mike White and Strebler and all this kind of stuff. Like, we haven't seen Corey Davis and Denzel Mims uh, with a quarterback, the likes of Aaron Rodgers and, or then Garrett Wilson, throw him in there. And then, uh, Lazard and, and all these guys. And we're, we're really, we got a nice solid group, man. And, uh, and I don't think you, we should be slept on. I think it's the best wide receiver group we've had since 2000. Well, you could obviously 2015 with Marshall and Decker, uh, that was special, but really maybe two, well, I guess that's the year, you know, you, you can't overlook it, but since 2015 this is leaps and bounds the best wide receiver group we've put together and i think uh, the upside is i think there's a lot of hidden upside there man we could be looking at a group that's actually better than we think they are they just gotta gel that's what we need yeah i think that's important and
0: hawk kind of brings up a good point here he says Hop is not a willing run blocker corey davis Run blocking is about 400% better than D Hop's. Wow. And that, you got to look at what our offense is going to be. Our offense is going to run through Brees Hall as much as it is Aaron Rodgers and everything that's going to go into the team. They're going to want to rest Aaron Rodgers as much as possible. You don't want to have to rely on him to make every single throw all the time. You want to run the ball with your running backs. You want to give the ball to the tight ends. You want to get the balls to the receivers. And Corey Davis has been a team player the last few years. I'm really excited to see what we get out of him. This is only the second first round wide receiver that Aaron Rodgers is playing with. The other one is Garrett Wilson. So having these two on the field at the same time, I'm excited to see what we get out of Corey Davis this year, Matt, what are your thoughts on Corey Davis?
2: Um, I think he's a fine third option as a wide receiver, which I think he's probably going to be, uh, with maybe, maybe Miko gives him a run actually, but I think Lazard ends up being the wide receiver too, but, uh, I don't know how to feel about Corey. I would think that he would be better with, you know, an improved quarterback play, but also a lot of his issues were kind of self-inflicted, whether it be drops or uh, the injuries, like that's, that's not necessarily on, on the quarterback play. So I'm cautiously optimistic with Corey Davis. Um, I think if he stays healthy, he could be a pretty solid third option. Yeah. I'm hoping
0: that some of the, uh, ball placement might be a little bit more of an (laughs) an issue and maybe Corey Davis and the injuries and everything like that. Maybe it'll all kind of figure its own self out. Uh, Zachary burner. I think that's a typo in there. How big of an impact will Ruckert have this year? Not how bad of an impact, how big of an impact will Ruckert have this year? I don't know Matt. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on Ruckert? Do you think we see him a good amount
2: this year? I think you see him more. I still think he's tight end three and I think uh, Conklin and Uzama get more reps over him, but I think he'll be utilized as a blocker a little bit more uh, consistently, which is good. I think he showed in the Miami game just how good he could be there, but You know, maybe he sneaks in 15 catches on the year, something like that, you know, sporadically throughout the week. And he's one injury away from a much bigger role, too. So uh, Conklin and Uzama remained pretty healthy last year. So uh, if one of those guys gets banged up, I am more than confident with uh, the thought of him coming into play. Greeny, what are your thoughts on Jeremy
0: Ruckert? How big of an
2: impact will he have this year?
1: um i'm real i'm hoping a lot man you know a big impact i'm i'm hoping that you know they gave him his kind of um you know red shirted him uh to an extent you know we we saw the one remember he we played the one game and he tried to make a block and he dove on his face and that yep. was kind of it You know what i mean I was, I was like all right he's not ready put him on the fucking bench um <clears throat> i thought he would play more last year i think many of us did using a third round pick on him um, but I'm really hoping that he comes out and he's just competing for the starting job. Like, they're all at equal level. I know Uzoma and Conklin are, are, are free agents, and we brought him in, and they both reworked their contracts and all that sort of stuff. And that does give them a little bit of a leg up, of course. But if Ruckert is given the chance, I believe he's probably got the potential to be among the best tight ends on the team. And that's, that's what I believe. I liked him at Ohio State. Uh, we talked about him uh, numerous times. He was kind of underutilized in the passing game. Whenever they used him, he made amazing catches. He w- He doesn't like to go down. I mean, the guy's a stud, and I'm really hoping that they just, from the word go, just he's competing for the job. That's what I hope, not he's he's tight end four or something like that. Um, that said, I think that if he gets on the field, I think having that young kind of aggressive attitude that he brings to the table, he's a Jets fan, as we know, he's from Long Island. He's got that hard Long Island, you know, uh, edge to him. And and I think that uh, he's going to want to, you know, he's going to want to make good here in a way that, you know, you don't have to be a Jets fan to succeed here, of course, but he's going to want to make good is that little extra something that I think uh, will motivate him in a way that others can't access. And I think um, it, uh, he should be given the chance. And I think that if he is, a fair chance, not like some preconceived, you got to work your way through a lot of bullshit like Lafleur would do to you. Um, I, I think that he'll make good and we'll see a lot of him. And I think if we do, we're going to like it. That's how I feel about Rucker. Yeah,
0: I'm excited to see a little bit more from him. I'm kind of leaning on the side with Matt here as far as, you know, he'll see some uptick in in production, but I do think they're going to ultimately try to block with Uzama and try to, you know, throw the ball to Conklin. And one of those guys goes down. Ruckert's right there getting a bunch of reps because we want the tight ends out on the field. So, I don't know. I'm, I got high hopes for Ruckert, but I'm kind of like more anticipating like what we see from him towards the tail end of the year once there's a little bit more... Um, maybe wear and tear on some of the some of the older players bodies i think he can come in and provide that fresh bit of juice and, and like you said green bean i mean his passion being a jets fan it's going to bring that extra gear if you if you're in a sports car and you got that you got the fifth gear throwing a little extra six gear action uh kind of nice as well so hopefully uh we get to see a little bit more out of him this season Uh, I want to jump over and talk a little bit about the Quinnen Williams news because we didn't get to hear from Green Bean last week. Quinnen Williams removed the Jets from his Twitter bio saying uh, he is a defensive tackle for the dot, 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 dot. Uh, And all the drama ensued and people were like, oh man, what's going on? What's going to happen? We're at the point of voluntary workouts. Quinnen Williams is not participating. He is holding out from there. Now, He did mention that he would hold out of voluntary workouts at the end of last year. So I'm curious to see when we get to that June 13th, 14th, 15th mandatory portion, does he actually show up for those three days or does he kind of blow off those three days and then ultimately it goes to training camp? I don't think he's going to have a deal done by June 13th, 14th, 15th. I think it is going to wind up happening closer to training camp. I think that's more of the critical deadline that would push to get things done. Uh, Matt, what are your thoughts Uh, on quinn and williams at this point because i don't want green to steal all your thunder yeah yeah it was smart it was a good
2: shift i like yeah i like that (laughs) i do i do like going to me first on this one yeah i not a whole lot's changed since the last time we spoke on it he hasn't you know just decided to show up to otas uh i'm still like i get it this is unfortunately how negotiations happen in 2023 but I'll spend my time by talking about uh, how I thought it was cool that Robert Sala pretty much put to bed any fear that anyone might have on it not getting done. He's like, he called him, he's like, what do you call it, Q-tip or big Q? He called him something, something, I don't know. Um, and it was like, yeah, he's having a kid. You know, We wish him the best of uh, luck there. And he's like, I have no, he'll be here. He's not worried about it. And you know, it, we're still so far out from July and training camp from when this will actually matter. So, you know, when you get to July, you worry about it now. Not really an issue. Um, and I think Salah coming out and, you know, speaking so confidently gives me hope that this gets done relatively soon. Green mean, what about you? What are your thoughts on the Quinn and Williams
3: removal
0: of the Jets from his Twitter and then, you know, ultimately the contract and the holdout and everything that's going on right now?
1: All right. Let me just, before I answer that, I want to let everybody know I've been collecting your comments. Like, you know, we're doing it a little different. The, uh, the t-shirt giveaway, we're collecting good comments because we don't have super chats or any of that sort of stuff. So I'm actually writing down the comments. It's, this is a fantastic, I'm having the best time ever. Uh, writing down some of your fucking ridiculousness. Uh, so if you got a good comment and you put it out there, I'm I'm uh, I'm scouring uh the chat for uh t-shirt qualifiers. So, and I'll I'll read a few of the finer ones later on when we do this, but it's fun. Uh anyway, uh the quinning thing, you know, uh I talked about it a little bit last week uh, with you guys, you know, we all talked about it a little bit, but um I think it, it really boils down to this new generation, man. You know what I mean? Like uh, an, an old head like myself, and I have my, my, uh, my group of old heads, we get together and we rah, 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 and we grumble about the you know, the state of the world and you know and it, it's just I wish that they would all shut up, all right? I do. I wish we could just stop with this dramatic stuff. But the truth is is that this is the way of the world right now. And I wouldn't be surprised if this was a negotiating tactic uh, supp- at minimum supported by the agent, if not even encouraged and designed uh, by agents to kind of stir that up. I think it was uh, on Matt O'Leary's uh, me, not well, this week didn't come out yet. So last week, I think it was when he talked about and then right after that on the heels, we get uh, a, a report of what is asking for, you know, uh 25 to 30 million, that more than likely came from the Jets, you know, hey, release this. This is uh, you know, so there's a little back and forth and they use the media to play this game. Quinnin taking his uh, you know, uh, unfollowing the Jets and all that sort of stuff. I want to remind everybody, it can be rectified in a matter of 30 seconds. He can do all of it. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, he can refollow in less than a minute. Boop, 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 and that's all done. It's over. You know what I mean? So it doesn't mean anything. There's nothing substantial. He didn't burn the, you know, physically burn the bridge. He can't get, you know, he's not stuck on the other side of the of the raging river. There's none of that. It's just a click on Instagram. Like that's all it is. And uh, I think that it's it's by design. And look, in in his instance, let's not forget, man, uh, he's one of the premier defensive tackles in the AFC right now, if not the NFL, right? Uh, He's largely, you know, widely considered, uh, you know, maybe right behind Aaron Donald at this moment. This is his time to get the contract. He's going to go into his fifth year with zero security they all do this they want some security he theoretically he could come out blow his knee out and then never get a second contract and end up playing for vet minimum this is the time this is the contract that he's all but insured go for it dude get your money do what you got to do now he's got to be realistic with the team he can't want to you know uh, get more than aaron donald i mean aaron donald has been you know uh, I mean his 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 record stands for itself. You know, what I mean he's he's in the league of his own and Quinton Williams doesn't have those accolades yet. Um, quite like Aaron Donald. But I think this is the time where he should be putting his foot down and saying, dude, I'm not playing another snap until I get my contract. It sucks for us. I wish Joe Douglas just kind of took care of it last year before the other defensive tackles got their money. Maybe we could have got him for 23 or something like that. Ain't happening. He's gonna get twenty-five. Uh, maybe a little bit more, um and I think that uh it 'll all get done i 'm not really worried, albeit I wish it would happen. My concern is that he goes into training camp you know halfway through and he 's not in football shape and that injury stuff he pulls a hammy i don 't want to see that scenario play out that 's more my concern. Uh, then the idea that he won't be here, you know, the trades, all the trick, these, all these articles came out with potential trading partners. I'm like, where the fuck did that come from? Like, what <laughs> is this? What happened? He is a tweet. You know what I mean? That's all it is. But that's the world we live in, man. And we can choose to react uh, or not react any way that we want to. If you're looking for a reason to get upset, the Jets will give it to you. Um, and, uh, you know, that's kind of where it is. I'm not really all that worried.
0: Yeah, I don't see any situation where Quinn and Williams is not a Jet this year and next year. Like at the very least, like worst case scenario, like let's say this contract doesn't get done, like we're gonna keep him for these runs with Aaron Rodgers at the very least. But Quinnan deserves to get paid. He's absolutely balled out. We saw what his numbers were like with you know far less snaps than the other guys in his class that got paid. So it stands to reason if you see him for a little bit more or maybe um, in more pass rush situations because obviously the Jets being behind in a few games that kind of eliminates that ability to sack the quarterback when it's being handed off to the running back. I think Quinnen is really poised for a big year. I think he knows it. I think the jets know
2: it. I think they're ultimately going to get this done. Matt, any more thoughts on Quinnen Williams? Yeah, you're right. They, they know that he is super important to this defense. He's coming off a monster year. You drafted him. He's done everything right. They'll pay him. I'm not really worried about it. Uh, Greenbean, did we ever get a chance to talk about
0: the primetime games that the Jets have? I know we we did our panel on here the night of the schedule release, but uh, now that we've had, I guess, what it would be, two weeks of kind of, like, thinking about it, uh, Jets are hosting, or not hosting, but the Jets are going to have primetime games against the Bills, Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, and Browns. Bills Monday night, Chargers Sunday night. uh, Sorry, Bills Monday night, Chiefs Sunday night, Chargers Monday night, raiders uh sunday night and then browns uh thursday night and then we also have the the 3 p.m black friday game as well what are your thoughts about the the primetime games coming up and
1: which one are you most excited about well uh, in honesty i i don't love it you know i want my one o'clock games now i'm a creature of habit (laughs) So there's all that, right like I just I like it. It fits my schedule. It's like I can mow the lawn or something, you know what I mean and get there for the game and then I get to bed on time and the whole is all that stuff, right? I like one o'clock football. Uh, that all said i I have to say, you know when the jets were good, back in, uh, you know, 2009, 2010, or in the Parcells years, it wasn't quite like this. You know, we didn't have some Thursday football quite like it was, you know, whatever. But, you know, seeing the Jets, like, beat the Vikings, I think that was a Monday night game when Brett Favre, you know, he was our quarterback, went over to the Vikings, and we beat him on a Dwight Lowry pick six, I think it was. <laughs> but, um, you know, that shit's exciting. And and there is something about that, like that 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 national spotlight. Uh, i like the idea of starting the season Monday night against the bills at home no i mean it sucks I can't be there uh because I've been at every opening game for like the last four or five years uh opening day uh so that's I'm, I'm very saddened by that fact I just i can't pull it together uh for this one so that's unfortunate but as far as the jets uh you know and you know playing you know the 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 um what's the word I'm looking for not the format, the, uh, whatever schedule the stage, the stage, stage. you know, I didn't know where you're gonna, going. No, like, I no you know, right. you have no idea. You never know where I'm going. I'm like, no, no, no bananas. <laughs> no. Um, but, <laughs> so I, I think it's cool, man. I think, you know, the jets, we showed last year, we were close. We were in a team on the ascend. We couldn't get it together. We were a quarterback down. Um, our defense was holding teams to one touchdown, no touchdowns. And we were still losing. Um, And we added one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history, uh, who threw for almost 4,000 yards, 26 touchdowns last year. Um, So I think there's a lot of reason for this excitement. And I think it's an opportunity to kind of, as we attempt to change the culture and change the narrative and give us something to be proud of for once, And like, I mean, all these people, I mean, it's been 12 years, there are 20 something year old fans who've never known the Jets as anything but the, but the whipping boy of the league. You know what I mean? Like, that's what we are. So it's an, it's, it's an, it accelerates that opportunity to kind of show the world that we're here to lose our foot in your ass. And I think that's exciting. As long as we can do it, the worst thing in the world is to be like the Jaguars make it to the AFC Championship game. They get a bunch of primetime games and then they win four games. Eight. You know what I mean? That's the worst when you're on Monday night and Sunday and you're the worst team in the league. Like that shit sucks. I, I got to admit, I'm still damaged PTSD Jets fan and I still think about that stuff. That said, I'm all bought in and I believe in this team. So I think it's going to be exciting uh, to rework my schedule. And figure out how to watch these games at night. You know, Thursday nights are the worst, but uh, we'll figure it out. It's going to be exciting to watch our team uh, with the rest of the league and show them, hey, we mean business. Not to mention, we just heard news, what was it, yesterday,
0: about the league saying you can now flex Thursday night games with 28 days notice beforehand. Like, that's great for the NFL. It's great for, you know, revenue and sponsors, but it's a real kick in the balls to any fans that were planning to attend the game and now have to change flights or change uh you know accommodations (laughs) because you've now flexed them out of thursday night or into like a different day of the week matt what are your thoughts
2: on that i hate the idea of being able to flex uh a game into thursday night or out of thursday night and just for that reason like you said you don't know what someone's situation is that's the one game a year they're able to go to they have it planned out oh we got you know we're going on a flight we're taking a drive we're doing whatever to get to the stadium to see you know whatever team and it's ah moves it to sunday it's like well now like you're screwed um it, it does a really bad job um by the fans but i think the nfl's kind of shown time and time again they don't really care about their fans all that much yeah no it's all about the money it's all about that bottom line i think that's
0: I'm going to die on this hill, but I think that's why the Rodgers trade happened now. Instead of a little bit later Whoa. into the season, we wouldn't have to worry about a calf injury. Cause he wouldn't be here yet. We'd have an extra two draft picks or we'd have a tackle. Plus we'd have a second round pick. I need to get off my crying. Living fit. in the past, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is what it is. I don't know what to tell you. Um, Oh, I saw a good comment in here. Where did I see it? Oh, hater, hater. says, uh, The holdup on the quitting contract appears to be about length. I believe Quinnen and Nicole are seeking three years. Joe may want five or six. What say you? I completely agree. I do think Quinnen wants the lower or wants the fewer amount of years in terms of contract because he's going to be able to cash in again in just two, three years time, especially because the salary cap is going to explode this next offseason with the TV contracts kicking in, all the streaming deals that are going to happen. Like it's to a young player's benefit, especially if they play a position that, you know, isn't stereotypically uh uh, a highly injured position like when you're talking about you know cornerbacks running backs wide receivers like guys that could could put a bad juke on they lose an acl for like the season like I, i feel like you don't necessarily see those types of injuries now i guess you do have those like the achilles fear with the the high burst guys like like lawson and stuff but with Quinnen and his age i think him getting a shorter contract makes the most sense And if I'm Douglas, like, hey, if I'm paying you a premium of $25 million a year, when I have you under contract for the next three years at $18 million a year, why am I going to give you, on top of that $7 million raise per season, the benefit of having a shorter term contract? Like, if I'm giving you that premium, I want extra years to make it worth our, our while on that side of things, too. Like, I have no problem paying you. I'll even give you more guaranteed money to give you the extended years. Like, I think that's where the middle ground could be with the Quinn and Williams contract. Uh, green did you hear this and about the, the length of contract and what are your kind of thoughts on, on if it's the years, not necessarily the dollars?
1: Yeah, I think that would be, uh, something that could be a sticking point. You know, I mean, I think it's realistic, uh, to believe that's the case. I think it's more than likely has to do with the money as well. You know what I mean? Maybe the actual number, not just the years, but I'm sure the years are a part of it. Um, so Quinn seeking a, a lesser deal, as far as this report goes, that could make some sense too, because, you know, then he can get a potentially, you know, a, a, another contract that's that big, uh, you know, that's where it kind of gets away from me a little bit like, all right, you're going to get 25 million a year, let's say, uh, for four years, or we get it for three years and then we can get a bigger one. Like, I don't know. I think uh, how much, you know, how much are we going to let that dictate? everything like is that all that matters anymore like I, I don't know i think if the team's willing to lock you up for four years five years at 25 26 million dollars a year take it man and move on like what are you know what, what what are we talking about here um but that's me i mean it's all this is beyond me anyway i'm going to share with you guys i don't think i'll ever make 25 million dollars i mean i've been working my ass off for a long time i still haven't reached that 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 number uh and collectively so you know it's kind of out of my sphere of I can't, I can't really relate, you know, but at the same time, I feel pretty strongly that 25 million a year for four years is pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, but I get it. And uh, I could see that being the sticking point, um, which is interesting because usually the the team like what with Lamar Jackson, the, the team wanted shorter years and Lamar wanted to lock in longer years so it's interesting to see at premium
0: dollars too it's like like it was premium dollars and years as opposed to like yeah you know maybe lesser money or something like that or
1: yeah like you say to quinnon like all right look you want the three-year contract we want to lock you up for five years um you want three years we give you less i mean i doubt they're gonna be like that ain't the way this works sir um but he's gonna get his money and um i know i'd like to see him as I'd like to see him with a four year contract because that would make Quinn and Williams a jet for eight years. Uh, and I can buy a friggin' jersey. You know? That's what I'm that's really what I'm that's my motivation. I just want a fucking jersey. Somebody that's oh, here dude. for more than two seasons. You
0: know? I, I bit the bullet. I I ordered a Rodgers jersey. I got my I found that like gray jersey with like the green letter. I was like, that's kind of cool. That's different. I'm gonna get that one. Maybe I won't have bad luck with the uh the quarterback. I didn't buy it, well. I guess I sort of bought a Zach Wilson jersey. I bought like a knockoff Zach Wilson jersey. I was like, ah, maybe this is what's doing it. <laughs> I bought the Darnold jersey, yeah, you know, the right. legit one and bit me in the butt. Uh, Matt, what are your thoughts on the Quinn Williams contract and possibly the years being the issue more so than the uh, the dollars?
2: That's interesting because if they do go on the shorter term on a deal, you guys are, I mean, you mentioned it, but you're right. They, he could cash in again because he would still be young and in his prime he'd be what 27 28 at that point Mm -hmm. instead of closer to 30 like you're getting another nice payday at 27 rather than you know uh 28 29 whatever so um i understand from his perspective i also get it from the jet side they're probably saying like uh you know all these deals have been four for whatever that we're good with that but we don't want to go to three so Mm. i think they end up settling in that middle ground with the four million and i do think it gets to 25 Uh, million dollars a year
0: yeah I think it's I think there's a a level of confidence that that puts in the player as well not to mention I I think he's clearly at least better than the guys that recently got paid and we mentioned before Aaron Donald is one of one I've said it before I think he's the best defensive player that I've I've ever seen I didn't get to watch Lawrence Taylor I know a lot of people are going to say him but you look at agreement you could probably attest to both these guys but Aaron Donald, Defensive Rookie of the Year. He's been an all-pro like seven of nine seasons. I think he's been to the Pro Bowl every single one of his seasons. Um, just a decorated career. I think he's three-time Defensive Player of the Year, too. Like, the only player to ever do that. Like, when we talk about Quinn and Williams getting the second largest contract, it's c- very clearly because Aaron Donald is just a freak. <laughs> like, he's he is so far beyond any other defensive tackle that we've seen in a very, very long time. green bean what are your thoughts on i guess aaron donald maybe versus lawrence taylor
1: uh lawrence taylor i'm with it i think aaron donald is in a league of his own i i really do and i don't think too many people argue that he's just so ridiculously special and you can see it you know um on the field i mean he's he's you know what even in this super bowl right like it was him that like, he's the, he's not just a stat compiler. Like, he knows how to do it at the right moment. Like, there, he has all that stuff, which Quinnen has too. Um, but, you know, Aaron Donald, I think, like you said, rookie of the year, all, you know, numerous All-Pros. Quinnen, he's getting there. Who knows? Maybe from here on out, he's an All-Pro every year. Who, who knows, right? And he I think he can do that. But Aaron Donald is still different. Lawrence Taylor, on the other hand, as much as I hate to say it, I mean, enough time has elapsed. That I can speak freely. I hated Lawrence Taylor, like I hated few other players, and he almost ran me over at the Giants' practice one year at Fairly Dickinson before the <laughs> before the Jets took over that facility and made it one Jets drive. Um, the the Giants used to practice there, and I used to go out there with my dad because it was only twenty minutes from my house. Um, so, but he almost ran me. He almost killed me. I mean, for real. And he just didn't even. He was like. What's up, dude? Like, he, it was like nothing. You know what I mean? I've run into Lawrence Taylor numerous times in my life. But as far as – so this is what, what – he he's a two-time Super Bowl champion. He's a NFL MVP 86, three-time NFL defensive player of the year. So he's defensive oh, okay. MVP. He was an MVP mm. um, defensive rookie of the year, eight-time first-team All-Pro, second-team uh, All-Pro two more years, 10-time Pro Bowler, sack leader 86 all decade team you know all those kinds of things he's in the ring of honor uh two times That's when NXT. you were able to
0: to to do a bunch of lines of coke I feel like there wasn't
1: as was, much drug testing going was. on were of, yeah I'll <laughs> uh, tell you what the cocaine you know if you if you handle it right it can it can be a it can be a help a helper um not for me I I didn't do I didn't get that response I turned into no nah, I don't a, like uh, it just love the way it smells <laughs> Yeah, that's right. I just want to smell it. (laughs) Oh no, I don't do coke. I just like the way it smells. That's such a good one. Um, But I mean, LT quite literally changed the game. I don't know if Aaron Donald is doing that. Like, Mm. like it seems so second nature to us now with that swipe of the quarterback's hand. But nobody did that. Like, it happened from time to time, but you know, LT, that was a part of his game. It was just something that he showed the NFL, like, look, this is what we can do. And he quite literally changed it, and he was this roaming guy. You know, Parcells let him just kind of roam around the defense and pick where he wanted, and he just destroyed teams, man. He was terrible to watch if you hated him. You know what I mean? And I remember that was the years, man, like in in high Mm -hmm. school and junior high school, like, the Giants fans in in my town were brutal, and fifty six is what I saw everywhere. Man, I hated him so much. But the truth is, is that he was arguably, you know, the best defensive player of all time. And while Aaron Donald is is certainly in that conversation, I don't see him changing the game. Uh, mm-hmm. for, he's just very, very good at what he does, but. He didn't bring that wrinkle. It's like OBJ, interestingly enough, another giant, with that one-handed catching kind mm-hmm. of practice thing that he did with the jugs. Now, every player does that It's second. They're doing it in high school. Like my son's high school, they're doing that shit. Like they're, they're practicing catching the ball, like throw it at my face and catching it with one hand, with the left hand too. Uh, that wasn't something that any, anybody was doing. OBJ changed the game as much as I hate him too. Um, but, uh, so anyway, I I think the LT conversation, when, when you bring him into the mix, you got to remember there's, there's that he wasn't just great. He changed it. The game was different after him. And I don't know if Aaron Donald is doing that. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but I don't necessarily see it the same way. I think that's a fair argument. The, the way pass rushers have evolved to be such a lethal
0: part of a defense and I do think defensive tackles to a lesser – I don't want to say a lesser extent, but to a similar extent, um, just maybe you're not getting the strip sacks, but collapsing a pocket inward into a quarterback's face I feel like is relatively um, – it's different, but it's, a, it's an impact. But the, the way I hear people talk about LT is just like otherworldly. Like just a complete animal of a person. I'd love to see LT chasing down some of like these quarterbacks, like a like a Patrick oh, Mahomes, God. Lamar Jackson, like instead of like the statues that <laughs> that were yeah. then. But like phenomenal, phenomenal football players. When you're talking about these two guys, they're two of like the very best
1: we've ever seen. Yeah. And and it's a great point too. I think maybe the word you were looking for, correct me if I'm wrong, with mm. the interior defensive line pass rush is maybe underrated like that yeah. pressure up the middle is really underrated like how impactful that that can be and you know what you know what it was actually one of your videos recently Ryan that you mm-hmm. talked I think it was um with Al Woods you were talking mm-hmm. about the PFF stat of stops right mm-hmm. like so there's a stat stops like you look at these guys these defensive tackles and they don't and they have you know 21 tackles in a season and 2.5 sacks and you think ah eh. But he has sixty-five stops, and what does that mean? You know, they, so like a lot of the time, like so they're gonna ru- they're trying to run between the guard and the center, but the defensive tackle shut that uh, shut that down. They had to bounce it to the outside, and the linebacker gets the tackle, and yay, everybody's cheering the line. But that doesn't happen without the defensive tackle, and it goes unnoticed by the average fan, and and really a lot of even stat guys they don't even look at it. It's like who made the tackle. And the fact that PFF started to at least—and I'm not the biggest PFF guy, as many of you um, know—but they started collecting that stuff. And a guy like Al Woods, yeah, sure, he had 30—I think it was 34 tack, 39 tackles, something like that. But he had 60 something stops, and that shows his real impact. It's like you know, these defensive tackles in the middle. A lot of the stats that are you know go into the safeties and the linebackers and the defensive ends, without the defensive tackle being exceptional at what they're doing, uh, it doesn't happen. Or, you know, if, if, if they suck, if they're like a Nathan Shepard or somebody, they just, whoo, they run right through it. And then, you know, it's a cornerback making the tackle instead of instead of Jermaine Johnson or what have you. Um, so I, I think that's a really interesting thing to look at as well. You know, and Aaron Donald, I mean, I don't know what his stops stats. His stats are ridiculous. So I wonder, it would be interesting to look at, you know, how many stops he's getting as well. How many plays is he ruining uh, when he doesn't make the tackle? You know, in in addition to the to the lofty stats that he compiles, uh, how many plays is he just utterly destroying uh, for an offense? You know what I mean? I'm trying to find that right no, now. No, I thought you would. As soon as he I had, said, like, Aaron, uh, Ryan's going to find it. 33,
0: yeah.
2: 33 last year. Stopped. That's wild.
1: That's awesome. So there's a, Yeah, there's another 33 plays that nobody talks about that Aaron Donald contributed and had an impact on the game. You know?
2: Almost 50 pr- la- the year prior in 2021, 49. That's crazy, man. Oh, my God. Yeah.
0: I found yeah. a uh, an interesting stat, and I guess they – depending on what position you're looking at, uh, it has points saved or, like, points earned and stuff like that. So I guess somehow they determined that Aaron Donald by himself last year saved 29 points for the Rams. Um, and the year before that was 56. I'd have to go into exactly how they determine that. Let me see if I could find it. There's a glossary for this. Um, pass defense.
2: Oh, and by the way, too, he did that in 11 33 stops in 11 games. He missed six.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: <laughs> that's nuts. That's insane. Jesus, yeah. what was that so, one? He did that was it in stops. 11 games. Yeah, last year oh. he. So he had thirty three stops and missed six games. <laughs> right, exactly. Holy so cow! Points- what did what
1: did Quinnen have?
0: So while you're looking that up, Matt, I'll, I'll tell you the the breakdown of what this is. Uh, points saved is for run defense. The total number, uh, the total of a player's uh, earned points or EPA responsibility on run plays using the total points system that distributes credit among all players on the field for a given play with the positive numbers being good for run defense. That includes accounting for defenders in the box, blown blocks, forced, broken tackles, turnovers, and turnover returns. So I guess, uh, Donald, I don't know, 29 points is what he saved.
2: However, they attribute that. It seems like a magical number. (laughs) Uh, quinnon had 32 last year all right not bad not bad what was donald 33 or
0: 31 30 33 in 11 games in 11 games so Quinnen was great and he missed what a game and a half well uh, yeah exactly wild (laughs) that if that doesn't tell you he's on another level
2: that's that's insane his birthday, too. Yeah. Aaron Donald. 32. Is it really? Happy, happy birthday, Aaron Donald. Happy birthday, Aaron Donald. Love to see it.
0: I'm looking through the chat, seeing if we got anything else popping up, people are talking
1: about. Paris, 1189 Paris said that uh, he thinks LT was high when he almost ran me over as a kid. <laughs> this water I, was, wet. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I know someone whose wife got the hot tub with Lawrence Taylor, and I was like, I oh. don't know how, how that worked out. Oh my god! I guess he wears it as a badge of honor, Eskimo brothers.
2: Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah, wouldn't. Tell I don't know. That one. Yeah, I wouldn't. T- I don't think I'd tell anybody that. <laughs> yeah, I'd
1: be saying to my wife, Hey, listen, you got to stop telling that story.
2: Yeah. Like, yeah, I do you got?
1: Any other stories? Game, Fair game, man. Can we stop with the fucking LT hot tub thing? Please. <laughs> you know, there was a time I ran into, um, <clears throat> I was heading down to AC and I ran into LT, uh, me and my friends, we ran into LT at the at a rest stop on the parkway. And we had a little conversation, you know, just a little short, you know, a minute, you know, sh- sh- shooting the shit um, with him. He was funny and, you know, made us laugh and everything. And then we went down, I was going to see Roy Jones Jr. fight, pazienza and uh and we had really good seats like i don't know 10th row or something like that and lt came and sat two rows in front of us and we were like hey and he goes hey guys what are you doing <laughs> follow me around it was uh it was funny anyway he was uh he was kind of a loose dude like anytime i ra- other than the time he ra- you know i ran into him i thought he almost ran me over i mean <laughs> he was always so cool you know he was uh i ran into him quite a few times actually but uh he was always loose and a fun guy. I mean, he's a partier, so I guess that comes with the territory. Um, but he was a, I mean, you know, I hated him, but later on, he's a, he's a good dude overall. I think what I got.
0: Hawk says if we're doing a mock draft, the first defensive player I'm taking is Ray Lewis. Just his motivational locker room speeches to hype up the other guys are worth it enough. Interesting. I, I don't know. I still think I'm taking LT or donald or even ed reed i don't Hmm. i guess i i dislike ray lewis a little bit because i definitely think he got away with a little bit there at the beginning part of his career and um what did get away with uh (laughs) not not good things no comment (laughs) no comment (laughs) okay uh i don't know green bean who would you take if you had to take the first defensive player in a draft
1: is it LT? Uh, yeah, probably, man. I think, I mean, I hate to say it. I think, um, I think he's probably the best ever. You know I mean, he's mm-hmm. one of the greatest NFL players ever. Like, I love, obviously, Cleco and Gastineau, and and they're in the mm-hmm. conversation, too. Um, but I think, you know, LT was on another level, man. I mean, he just, he was, he. you know. And the team fed off of him. He was like this animal. He was uncontainable. I mean, even guys like, I mean, I, I remember, you know, watching guys like, um, you know, like, uh, the, I watched like the end Granted, I was a newer fan, but I remember like the, the end of the steel curtain and like those guys and, you know, Jack Lambert and, and then, you know, the, the, uh, Mike Singletary, I remember Mike, Mike Singletary was another animal uh, and those guys were great. But again, I don't recall them changing the game. And there's something to that, man. Like, you know, when the game is one way and then you bring this player in and he has such an impact that the entire league looks at it and goes, we need to do that. And then everybody is doing that. that that's something. And I think LT in his prime was, I, I got to say, maybe second to none on the defense. Mm. <laughs> Dom sees says Green Bay had Joe Klecko. I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, he's in the conversation, and then my heart might win the day, and I might do just that. But uh, I don't know. I think Snoopy uh, says
0: I want my middle linebacker to be a stone cold killer. I don't know what Ryan's talking about. It's a good way to put that. Yeah, killer. Uh <laughs> Phil says Deion Sanders dominated. That's a great one too yeah, for a defensive player.
1: Deion Sanders. Say,
0: yeah. If I'm building a secondary, like Deion Sanders, Ed Reed, Darrell Revis, those are three of like the top of my list. I don't know who the yeah, other like, one would be. Sauce. Yeah,
1: Revis. <laughs> Revis <laughs> no, Re- yeah. You, got, you, got,
0: you got you got Revis, you got Ed Reed, you got uh, Deion Sanders, and Sauce on the other side. Yeah. Right? What so, about the conversation. Like,
1: yeah, like, and uh, we like for strong safety, man, like Ronnie Lott, dude. There's Ooh. nothing like him. I, yeah, I, I
0: guess if you were going like a, a thumper in the middle of the field, uh, you know, any of those. He got his picks, too. Guys. I got to
1: look it up. I, I want to look uh, at his stats. Ronnie Lott. Go, sorry. Go Polamalu, ahead. I hear people saying. Oh, Polamalu's another one. Holy shit, dude. He was so I love annoying saying molecules,
0: did. like the old head and shoulders commercials. I was talking about that, like, I think today at, at work. We were kind of joking about it. Dude, Ryan, Ronnie, Ryan, Lott had,
1: about. Ronnie Lott has 63 interceptions. Holy hell. That's nuts. Yeah, nine postseason interceptions, uh, exceptions, eight All-Pro, ten, ten Pro Bowls. I mean, even when he came to the Jets, I couldn't believe, like that first year of free agency in 92, it was like, you know, they fought for free agency. Everybody thought it was the end of the NFL. And all of a sudden, like the the Jets go and get Leonard Marshall from the Giants, who that was, you know, he was a big deal at the time. And then we got Ronnie Lott, like, and then Boomer Esiason. Like, I couldn't believe that Ronnie Lott was – I couldn't even believe it was real. And then we drafted Marvin Jones. Oh, my God, dude. I was like – I couldn't contain myself. Um, Ronnie Lott was still good, but, dude, that guy, he was on another level too, man. As far as, like, strong safeties go, um, I mean, he would knock your head off. And he was in threat to pick the ball off. He was, like, an all-around – you know he was terror. He was terrifying for offenses back there. He's another it's one. It's crazy to think like how different the NFL was
0: prior to ninety two, prior to free agency, prior to the salary cap, prior to the the shrinking of the draft down from what was it, fifteen rounds down to seven rounds. Like, totally different game back then. The introduction of the salary cap changed everything.
1: Yeah. I don't even remember. Like I was a diehard fan. I was deep in, I was season ticket holder, you know, before, like, I don't even remember the, how we did it. Like, I don't even remember what it was. It's hard for me to, how did players like they were kind of stuck with their teams. They couldn't just leave unless the team didn't want them or something like that. I, I don't even really remember how it was like, that's how entrenched this new, like the free agency thing is. I remember when they introduced, like, the franchise tag. I I, I thought you could use it once, period. Mm-hmm. Like, one time you get a franchise. I'm like, what? Like, I don't know. I remember it was, like, so foreign, and now it's, like, so ingrained. I can't even remember what the NFL was like before that. It's weird. Uh, Yankee Jet says, what do you guys think
0: of the new fair catch rule? So did you guys see that? Uh, it's, I guess, all... F- is it all fair catches go out to the 25 now on kickoffs? Is that what it is? On a Something kickoff. Like yeah. So like if you fair catch a like a pooch punt, <laughs> does that put you back to the 25?
2: Uh I'm pulling up the exact wording on it now. But uh okay. The NFL the new rule specifies that the fair catch off a free kick safety or kickoff must Ugh. occur behind the team's 25-yard line in order for the ball to be placed at the 25. So if someone punts it down mm. to the three and you fair catch it, you're getting the ball at the 25, that, that that's sucks. taking away a kicker or a punter who does a great job. You that know, is fucking bullshit. It's, yeah, that ridiculous. is a dumb
1: rule, everybody.
0: Why? Yeah. I mean, I, I would tell my kick returner, no matter what, call a fair catch. Like you're right. always, yeah. the twenty five is always going to be better for the most part. Like like very rarely are they getting past the twenty five at this point. And you're telling me you can Ugh. like protect everyone's body <laughs> as well. Yeah, let's do it. They that. might
2: as well just not do the kickoffs. They
0: might agreed. As well agreed. I've been the saying that for years. At this, point. get I want get rid of the kickoffs. Let's make it a. Uh, you know, either just give it to them on the twenty five. I feel like right now it's more of a ceremonial thing than anything else. Like the the only kickoff that really matters at this point now is like the kickoff at the Super Bowl when all the flashes go off and everything. But other Wait. than that, it's like ridiculous. Wait, but that's only
1: on kickoffs, not punts. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Matt said right. safeties and kickoffs. All right. Well, that's a little better.
3: What's Yeah, but not man, by if much. The kicker- like but think if, about the, it if it if goes to the, the 24 chokes. and
0: you call a fair catch, you're, you're gaining a yard.
1: But think about it too. Like, I mean, you, if the, if the yeah. kicker chokes a little bit and he kicks it to you on your five yard line, like, like you want, I don't know, man. Like, I I don't know. It's, it's an opportunity. It's, I don't, it's silliness.
0: Yeah. I'd like to see them at this point. I, the kickoff has been one of my favorite plays for a long time. And for the last probably five years, I'm kind of soured on it. Like, I would rather see no kickoff than a like a neutered version of it because it doesn't feel like it has the same juice that it had, you know, early 2000s through 2010 or 11, even um, whenever Hester finished his career. Actually, Hester, I think, finished his career in like 2015 or 16. I was shocked it like went that long. Yeah, he um, hung around for a while. You'll never see someone quite like that again. That was such a lethal weapon. Like he really yeah. created like a, that that extra special teams unit was so strong
2: i miss um, that from like yeah. i don't know i feel like that's the era that i mean early 2000s that i grew up with mm-hmm. devin hester dante hall dante hall yeah yep. chad morton Return- santana moss friggin all these cribs guys there josh
0: yep. cribs lots of good kick returners miss it i definitely miss that and even the onside kick too. the onside kick sucks like, I want to get rid of that. Make that a fourth and 15. Change the percentage. Wow. You hate it because it's so unlikely to, to work? Yeah, it's so rare. It's I think it's like a 2% chance now. That's what was so exciting when the Jets got it. But, like, you want to have, like, whatever the old onside kick was. Like, let's call it 15 or 20% chance of getting it. Like, create a fourth and whatever yardage that is equivalent to that same percentage chance. And then just do that. And then you just continue your drive. Yeah. Right? Like, if you get the fourth and 15 or whatever it is, and you don't get it, okay, the other team's going the other way. If you get it, now it's first down. But where do they start the ball? That's the thing with... The same. You kick it off, let's say, the 30 or 35, whatever yard line you want to do. You have to gain 15 yards from wherever that kickoff would be. And if you don't get the 15 yards, now all of a sudden... The other team is on your 30, 35-yard line going the opposite direction, same way an onside kick would work. Like, if you get the onside kick, you have a first down, you keep going. If you convert the fourth and 15, you keep on going. If you don't get it, it's a turnover on downs, just like the onside
2: kick would be. Interesting. Right? Yeah. I think that would be good. I'd so like to see that. We were, just, we were just talking kick returners, and I wanted to bring up... uh Josh Cribs I don't know why I went to Dante Hall Devin Hester and Josh Cribbs. but while on Josh Cribbs' page I came to something that I would classify as downright shocking news because okay. I have no recollection of this did you know that Josh Cribbs was a jet I did for like two years a year or two I think oh, it was in six games no shit really in 2013, for six games, Josh Cribs returned. I, that does to ring a bell. I have zero memory of him ever being in a Jet uniform.
0: Well, that was the shit season, wasn't it? Wasn't that the year we wound up getting Gino? We had the two first-round picks. We lost Revis and everything. I think that was that year.
2: Yeah, they went 8-8. Eight and eight.
0: Well, that couldn't have been that year. That had to be the year after. That must have been the year we got. That was probably Gino's first year. Right? Yeah, well, I have year, no recollection first.
1: of Braylon Edwards coming back to the Jets in I remember that yeah, too. Was, but very, very briefly. Mm-hmm. I dude, I, I have, loved Braylon. Yeah. I was
0: so pissed when we got Holmes instead of when yeah, we kept Holmes
1: instead of Edwards. I he was everything I wanted a jet receiver to yeah, be. Everything. I loved him. He had such a great 2010 too. It made no sense. Oh, but that, doing the Dougie over back. that Patriots corner. Oh that was oh, so my good. God. But he <laughs> we, I was all we just, brought him back. <laughs> He had like nine catches for us too or something. I, I don't even remember that at all. It's crazy.
0: I remember being excited about it and then it just not panning out.
1: Weird. Yeah. All right.
0: That it was, was one o'clock. of those trades. That was a fun trade. Oh yeah, we are at 10 o'clock. Same with the Percy Harvin trade. Percy, I was super excited to watch Percy Harvin in a jet uniform, crazy fast. And then he had all those migraines and like didn't play at all. That sucked.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I had high hopes for Percy Harvin too. But I remember right, listening to the
0: dude. K show and Rex was on the K show and they're talking to him. They're like, Rex, we're getting word that you guys just traded for Percy Harvin. <laughs> and he's just like, Uh yeah, that actually just came down. <laughs> I was yeah. Like, wow. He's live on air when this news broke.
1: Crazy. Interesting. I didn't remember that.
0: Oh yeah. I was hey, driving to work. work That's the only reason either. I know.
1: All right. We have, but that, but it was indicative of like the way we used to do things. You know what I mean? Like we would, uh, oh, we would yeah. like take these crazy stabs. Like, like, yeah. Like these big Loved names it. that are kind of toast. You know what I mean? And
0: it's, that like, was the, t- that's what I wanted to see like this year though. Like it's that same mindset of like, okay, we're going for a ring. Jason Taylor, Antonio Cromartie, um, LT, uh, LT, Looks uh, good. The, the defensive tackle that we got from Carolina, Chris Jenkins, like all these guys that were just like building block, building block, building block, building block for like a two year stretch, but they're like leadership and like still hungry for a ring. Like those are the types of players I want this year and next year. That's what I want.
1: Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I think we did that. We got Aaron Rodgers. So it's big.
0: Aaron Rodgers is equivalent to like multiple Jason yeah. Taylors and <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you the- know what I mean? I get it. Yeah, I like the way we're doing it. We are predominantly young. Sprinkle, shave in off a vector. few years from Aaron Rodgers. Sprinkle a few years over some of the other guys. Yeah, right?
1: there you go. There you
0: go. All right, Green Bean, give us give us some names. How many how many names you got written down over there, and what comments you got?
1: Uh, well, let's see. I don't know how many I got, but um, all right, we got Braden from New Zealand. He started it early, and when he heard that the uh, the comments were gonna Get him qualified. He said, Green Bean is a pro YouTuber. That did it. That's good. Good enough nice. to get in. Uh, <laughs> I feel like this is rigged. <laughs> uh, Red John, before I was writing down the comments, he had that that wide receiver comment that got us talking, so he's in there.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Rico the pup said, I wish fatness was an injury designation. That's fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, Jet Freely said, uh, "Becton almost ate himself out of a job. Shut the f up and play." Uh, Adam <laughs> S said, Green- "Yeah, yeah." Adam S said, "Green bean has a great memory. That's good enough too." Um, King Blaze said, "Jets forever be on shrooms all day. That's good enough for me." <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Basil Williams said, "Mims is better than he looked last season. That got me. That's good enough. Uh, I'll take it." Uh, Tony Alexio, yeah, right, it's quality. Tony Alexio said, I want Strebler as the backup. That's good. That's good enough. Uh, <laughs> Dark Soldier, when we were talking about the Quinning contract, said, thanks, Obama. That's good. That's good enough for me. I, lo- I love uh, those memes. <laughs> I know, it's so good. Thanks, Obama. Uh, Jets Forever makes it in with, Ruck is greater than Kelsey. That's Elite. good. Love it. Facts. Yeah, you know, why not? A uh, dirty old, Walt, dirty old bastard, Walt, who I think left, but he said one p.m. games are good because you get to, you can get rid of the stress of a loss before you go to bed. Uh, I agree, that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, J. Claus said, "Premier money requires premier length of years. If he wants a shorter term, he gets less money." Uh, I'm with mm-hmm. you there. And Paris, one uh, eight one one eight nine Paris said, "LT must have been high." when green bean, when he almost ran over green bean. So there you go. That's our <laughs> list for tonight. And I don't know how many that is. So, that's, that's probably fun. like a solid 50. I actually really enjoyed that. That was, we might have to do a little bit more of that at some point in the future. Yeah.
2: That was, fun.
1: there were a few more, you know, um, guys I had on there, but I didn't write the comments down. So it is what it is. Hmm. This is our list, but yeah, this new. I didn't, <laughs> I had to, it was, it was developing as we went on, you know? We we had we got to get Nightbot
0: back, too. I feel lonely not seeing Nightbot pop yeah, up in the, I, throughout oh, the chat. Right.
1: Nightbot. I completely indeed.
0: forgot about that. That's what happens when you start a new channel, and you're like, what did yeah, we no forget? <laughs> I was trying to hit my keypad to uh, trigger the freeze bean thing, and I couldn't.
2: Oh, hey, it worked. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> Yay. Hey.
0: Uh, sorry, Green. Can I get you back? There we go. Now Yeah, he's back. there it is. Okay. It was cold.
1: I, yeah, I was clicking
3: things. Cold didn't know what
1: there. was going on. Now, Nightbot is a female, right? That's, I, I don't know why I see Nightbot sure. as a female. Yeah, why not? I miss her. I like I it. Around. We could
0: can, we can have a her. Statistically <laughs> yeah. speaking, like 0.5% of, at least my viewers, are female. So that could be one of the
1: yeah. 0.5. I, I sure. got up to, uh, I think it was 1%. Wow. Yeah. That's silver I'm a, I'm a mania looker. got going. That's right. I'm it's... a looker, man. I attract the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> how All are right, we gonna see okay, this so thing. I, I gotta go we, to we bed, gotta, man. Let's, we we gotta, gotta figure out, out how how are we gonna pick a shirt. Man. Who's
0: gonna? Someone give us a number. Give us a number yeah. one through fifteen. First number that pops up one through fifteen in the chat. There
2: it is. All right, let's see. What are we? You mean seen? there it is? I haven't seen anything yet. Sixteen. 16. Thirteen. Sixteen's 16. the number.
1: Well, I thought there was only
0: fifteen. It was, it was only 15. fifteen. So I don't know. 13. If there's only fifteen, just count. Go back to the top.
1: There's literally fifteen. I don't know how you did that, Ryan. That was uh, purely Uh, a (laughs) guess. All right, so 13 it is, Dark Soldier. So, no, you you didn't win, but you're the guy that... uh, All right, J. Claus wins. J. Claus. J. Claus, you in the house?
0: Let me see. Related to uh, Santa, actually, believe it or not. I don't know if you knew that. Oh. Oh. Yeah, fun fact. He knows what you've been doing. He sees you when you're sleeping. Creepy stuff. Jake right, reach out to me. <laughs> reach out to me. Jets talk247 at gmail.com. We'll get you one of our talking jets shirts. Uh, very, very excited to have you guys here. But let's go around our panel. Let's give our closing thoughts. Green bean, any last words for the people out there?
1: Um I'm not doing an after hour show, because if I did, I would have to be at work in the middle of it. Uh, so I gotta, I gotta go to bed. I don't know, I don't have anything going on.
2: Thursday, think of it, <laughs> seven o'clock <laughs> on Thursday.
0: <laughs> O'Leary, Tired. anything you got going on?
2: Yeah, new, just Jets tomorrow. We are talking about how the standard has changed for the New York Jets because of Aaron Rodgers, and I am here for it.
0: Ooh, I'm excited! Yeah. I'm excited, boys and girls. Uh, we've got a ticket group buy thing that we're kind of discussing right now we got a few games we're kicking around here so if you're interested in possibly going to a jet game with the three of us uh you better stay tuned and and hang out because uh over the next few weeks we will be dropping that news so make sure you subscribe to make sure you get all our fun content hit that like button on the way out boys and girls it's been a lot of fun hanging out with you tonight but that is the end of our show this is jets talk signing off
2: J E T. I think every single person in this locker room is a competitor at the highest level, so yeah, when you feel as if your backs are against the wall, you never have to feel like you gotta do it by yourself. Under pressure, sacked by Quinn
0: Williams! Right side
2: line, got it. You look to your left and your right. You got guys out there with you that, that our whole point is to help each other. This were the Mims. That's Corey Davis climbing the ladder. To be able to go out and, and lead these guys, just to know how hard these guys work and how important it is to them, and then you get that chance to, to lead them. Everything that happened that needed to happen for us, it almost felt like. Kinda of like a sign, like give yeah, it like a second chance almost. Yes,
3: extra pushes! Running left!
2: Maybe a little extra life breathing in the lock.
3: Touchdown chest!